0: and welcome back to bar down talking hockey episode number 111 presented by the bar room network my name is Vinny parisi and i am moving through the motions of the stanley cup playoffs and this right here this is frankie Mueller, and he's arguably had the biggest win of anyone on the show in the history of the show frank
1: how you doing we did it we did it it was destiny we share the same birthday he knew it was destiny from the moment I fi- figured that out. Tom says it's Bedard time, baby. Hart Foundation, who was here 40 minutes, 50 minutes before the show started, said, let's go, Blackhawks. Everybody's pumped. And then Travis, the bearer of bad news, the damper on everything. Wouldn't it be so Chicago sports if the Hawks don't pick Bedard? No. I think no. that's like that, that's near impossible.
0: Someone called in the ESPN one thousand yesterday and said, I think the Blackhawks you know those meatball fans. I think the Blackhawks should trade back. They'll get three first round
1: picks for Connor Bedard. I know I heard that too.
0: Shut up. That's not this isn't football. This isn't baseball. This isn't basketball. This is a generational talent. You know what, Frank? We're already getting right into it. Let's just talk about the big news here in period number one. Fastest transition to period one in the history of the show? Yeah.
1: I yeah. mean. Besides no transition.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> fuck you. The Blackhawks, <laughs> um, they win the draft lottery. They move up from third to first. They will have the third pick in every other subsequent round. And it's a great thing. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we, we talked the entire NHL on this podcast. This is an NHL podcast. But due to the nature of the hosts, it's a Devil's Blackhawks podcast first. And, you know, we're super pumped about it. I know you would be equally as pumped if the Devils won the lottery for me as I am for you. we okay, um, seen
1: that already before. Yeah, we've we had, seen though. that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. We ha- Between us three, or between us two, we have four lottery wins in the last six years.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: The Devils won three. Because last year, people forget they won a lottery spot. They moved up from six to two. And... This year the Chicago Blackhawks move up from three to one and they will be getting the guy who is proclaimed to be one of the next ones. Okay. Lafreniere had hype. Um the Nate Dog had hype. Connor McDavid is obviously the pedestal of hype. I would say Bedard is the most hyped player since
1: absolutely um since Connor McDavid. I what was year? sweating the whole yeah. day. I was sweating the whole day. I was on edge. I had clammy hands. And then it was like 20 to seven and I'm like, all right, everything's got to stop. I'm going to get prepared for this. And it was just electrifying when, when it was announced that the Hawks, when Bill Daly flipped over the number one card and it was the Hawks logo, I screamed just as loud as if they won the Stanley cup. I was pumped. I was like, then I was really sweating. Then it was on. Then it took a couple hours for me to relax because I mean, they defied the odds. They had a 77% chance of drafting three-fourth or fifth. And they defied all odds. They win the draft lottery. And after every team that was being announced, we started at 16, then 15. I'm like, all right, here at 11, we need to see Vancouver. I'm like, show me Vancouver. It was Vancouver. Then it got down to, like, the final five, and we started seeing San Jose. I'm like, all right, here we go. This is the big one. Number three, and as soon as it wasn't Chicago, I'm like, well, at least we're getting at least Fantilli or Bedard. We're getting one of the two. But I'm sure you're well aware that Kevin Weeks spoiled it before that the, they went to commercial. I didn't pick up on that, but apparently G did or Tom did, and I'm like, and I was like thinking that they're crazy. I'm like, they're not going to spoil it. Nobody said that. And then I went back and listened. I'm like, oh my god, he choked so
0: hard. He choked. <laughs>
1: That probably would have alleviated the pressure a little bit. If I heard that, I'm like, no way. Wait a second. Because I had to wait till he flipped over the card. But, yeah, he choked big time.
0: Yeah, the entire commercial break, you knew it was one of Anaheim or Chicago. And I just want to really quick address a comment here from the Hart Foundation. We do have room on the bandwagon if you care to join us. Let's pump the brakes there, freaking Heart Foundation. The Devils are in the second round of the postseason. They had their franchise win and like franchise record and wins. The Blackhawks aren't just going to add Connor Bedard to be better than the Devils. I hate to burst your bubble right now. And I, listen, I've been rooting, the Blackhawks have been the team I'm rooting for to win the lottery you followed me on Twitter I tweeting Chicago Chicago I want to see Connor Bedard a half hour away from where I live Connor Bedard they don't play in the same conference as the Devils I'll have no problem saying the Blackhawks are my second favorite team we'll cheer on Bedard and, we'll, we'll cheer on Bedard and Hughes together Frank we'll have a podcast of love between the Blackhawks and the Devils I think that's kind of already what it's been all season long we have no issues with that whatsoever this is a Blackhawks Devils hosted show of all NHL Don't tell me you have room on the Blackhawks bandwagon (laughs) right now. You need about three more franchise defensemen. You need about six forwards worth of depth, and you need one of Drew Camesso or Soderblom or somebody else from the outside to prove that they're a starting goaltender for longer than five minutes. You have a long way to go before you're the Devils. Now, I will say the Devils started in the same spot. They won the lottery when they got Nico Heischer. They won it a second time, and they got Jack Hughes. They built down the middle. Um, I'm not certain what position Bedard is going to play, played lots of right wing over the last two, two years. There are people projecting him to grow into being coming an NHL franchise centerman. We'll see how his two way game develops over the next two years. I ultimately think he'll end up on the wing, but they'll start him at center. They will start him at center. And guess what? If he could becomes a wing, there's no problem with that. Patrick Kane was a winger who drove offense like a center mm-hmm. for years. And he's the, one of the best players in Chicago Blackhawks history. He's been everything they've ever needed mm-hmm. as a number one pick back in 2007. So it's not a diss to say he'll become a wing one day. Um, I'm not sure what's going to become of his position, but I do know that this is a generational talent who do. I think there's a chance he's better than Hughes one day. Absolutely. Do I think there's a chance that these two, along with Kucherov and Thompson and Dreisaitl and McKinnon and Matthews, are all battling for the title of second-best player in the NHL for the next 10 years? Absolutely. Could Connor Bedard really be that guy who's just a lock to be the second-best player in the NHL, or even the first-best player in the NHL? I also think that is very possible. I think there's going to be growing pains early because the Blackhawks roster is very poo-poo. The nice thing about the Blackhawks roster being poo-poo is it's kind of poo-poo because they don't spend any money right now, and they're going to have to reach a cap floor by the start of next season, which means they'll sign some talent in the offseason. It wouldn't shock me if they bring in a guy, you know, who came to mind? Tomas Tatar. He's an unrestricted free agent after whenever the devils are done, and he definitely feels like a guy that the Blackhawks could bring in into play on Connor Bedard's wing for one season. Mm-hmm goals playing with Jack Hughes or one of Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer last year you know some second PP time I actually think uh, there's a chance that a guy like that maybe not him specifically but a player like that you know I don't think they're going to run out freaking Jason Dickinson and Tyler Johnson on his wing at any point next year I could see Lucas Reichel you know we'll see if they try to bring back a guy like Max Domi uh, people have brought up Alex to it like wow that'd be cool you know I, I just think that there's, there's a long way to go for the Chicago Blackhawks team. I still think they'll be in the Max Celebrini sweepstakes next year. Um, I texted you this and Tom, who's in the chat, in a little group chat. How awesome would it be if Bedard scores a cool 80 points next year, wins the Calder Trophy, and then the Blackhawks still come in like third or fourth and then they win the lottery again? You know, that would just be freaking awesome. Um, Hart says, are any legit shot at signing Austin Matthews? I mean, that free agent class two years from now? Is looking like it's going to be one of the best free agent classes in the history of the NHL. You got Matthews and Dry leading the way there. I could see either one of those guys being like, yeah, I'll go play with Connor Bedard. That'd be awesome. And I get to in a class city like Chicago. You know, I do think it'll open up some opportunities like that. I'm not saying they will sign Matthews or Dry but I think they'll be in the mix because. They'll have cap room. Bedard will just be getting set to sign his big deal, assuming that his rookie contract goes well for him and he lives up to the hype that we think he will. But um, Tom asks if I'm building a statue for Bedard yet, and then, Frank, I'll let you touch on this. EA Sports mocked his career. Did you see that? No. EA Sports NHL simulated his career, and these are the results.
1: I'm going to maybe write about
0: that. Yeah, I did too. I highly recommend you write about it. It's burning to Windy City right now. Um, here, I will find the tweet right now. I Sometimes when I open, Elon really kind of messed up Twitter. There's really not much else to say other than that. It's always slow when it loads, but they mocked Connor Bedard's career. I highly recommend you write about it. They believe he will win the Calder Trophy. Um, he will win the Hart Trophy four times, the Ted Lindsay Trophy four times, the Rocket Richard twice and the Stanley Cup three times. Holy shit. I believe he will play 1,455 games and score 739 goals and 1,145 assists for 1,884 points. Frank, the only people who have more points than 1,884 are Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, and Marc Messier, who has three more points. <laughs> he has 87. They're projecting Bedard at 1,884. I mean... And I think McDavid and Crosby will both kind of finish in that range. I personally think Crosby is going to finish with over 2,000. Um, so by the time Bedard reaches that point, I think Crosby and McDavid will be in that company. But, um, I mean, dude, unbelievable talent on this guy. I'm the, you know, I'll I'll take a backseat here and let you ramble on about Bedard a little bit. He is coming to your number one team
1: after all. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is just moving the Hawks in the right direction a little bit faster than... What would have been if they didn't get Bedard? Now, I mean, you look at the Hawks, they're well set up this year for the draft as well. They got a first, they got the first pick, first overall. And then I believe right now they also have the first round pick, um, that's a 20th pick in the first round. And then they have four second round picks, which is huge this year because, like we always have said, the first round talent bleeds into the second round. So having four. Second round picks in this year's draft is huge. Let's not forget in 2002, the Hawks drafted Duncan Keith in the second round. So you never know what you're going to get, especially with as talented as a draft as it is this year. And they have two third round picks and then the picks go on. They got some fourth and fifth and whatnot, but they are loaded right now. I love the direction they're moving. Um, The farm system's great. Seeing guys like Bedard playing with Del Mastro, Doc, uh, Lucas Reichel, Frank Nazar, just Kevin Korczynski. These guys coming together. It almost feels like, you know, a core is coming back. Like we lost everybody, and now like it feels like a core is finally coming back. I'm excited about it. Um, I agree. I don't think they're going to be great this year, but I I don't. I also don't think they're going to be like dead last. I don't think it's going to be as close as it was this year for them being um, bottom of the barrel. But I could be wrong. Um, by no means do I think they're going to make the playoffs, but. We shall see. I mean, in a perfect world, yeah, getting Max Celebrini, that, that'd be cool. But I'm not banking on him winning it back-to-back years. That's tough. Like, I'm, I'm grateful we won it this year because um, it's hard to win it any year. You know, some teams have never drafted first overall, let alone back-to-back. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting time to be a Blackhawks fan.
0: Um, would you like to apologize to me? For? I told you last year, do not win the lottery. You're right. Do not win the lottery. Don't do it. Shane Wright is good. I still believe Uri Slavkovsky will be good. I love Simone Nimich. I think he's going to be the devil's number two defenseman behind Hughes one day. Don't do it. Win it next year. You can only win twice in a span of five years per the new rules. Mm-hmm. The Hawks have their one. If they don't get Celebrini, I, I, listen, I think it's going to take two to three years for the Hawks to be like championship mm-hmm. level good. I, I really do. Like, look look how long it took. McDavid's been in the league for nine years. He still hasn't won the Stanley Cup, and they've only been in the third round once. People thinking that the Hawks are winning the 2025 Stanley Cup, I have bad news for you. And all of those prospects you just named are great. Not all of them are going to hit. You know, you're going to have uh, a Jesper Boquist in there. The, I thought that Jesper Boquist would be the Devil's third best player one day, you know, behind Hughes and Heisher. He's he's very depthy, very depthy, healthy scratch. Even sometimes I, I just, you got to hold your horses on, on but I, listen, I love prospects. And I think after this draft, the Blackhawks are going to have the number one farm system in the NHL because the wild and the devils are probably the only ones ranked ahead of them right now anyway. And the devils are going to graduate Luke Hughes and Nimich. And the Wild are going to graduate Rossi, and Boldy's no longer a prospect. Uh, you know, I just I think the Blackhawks really will shoot up and be number one in the NHL for as long as Bedard is in their system. And then even when they graduate Bedard by like November of next year, I still think they might have the number one system because they're going to make all these picks. Do you think they're going to make every single one of these selections? Because I have a very strong opinion on that. Uh,
1: I don't know. I never really thought about it. Really, <laughs> I mean, well, my uh, have just been on Connor Bedard the past few days.
0: I mean. Yeah, so my theory is they don't. They have this first round pick and four second round picks. Move back into the top ten. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the the mocks, and I'm like, there's no reason the Blackhawks. You know, we know Bedard's going to go one. Fantilli will go two to Michigan. He'll be a superstar. We, you know, we'll get to that in a second because I do want to talk about the Ducks. I love Will Smith. And, you know, I, you know, the actor, he's great too, but this Will, Will Smith from the development program, a centerman from USA, just really good. Matthew Wood, he's going to go to UConn and play for hockey East championships for the next couple years. I think that's something to consider this. Ryan Leonard is apparently really, really good. Zach Benson. A lot of people like him. I, I would just love to see the Blackhawks trade up and take one of these forwards to play with uh, um, Mr. Bedard here because that's a possibility. A lot of people think Mitchkov is going to fall.
1: I think if, he's going to fall. I okay, fall. just because why? he's not going to play right away,
0: why not trade up and take him? If he's available at 9 or 10, you trade the what what pick is the lightning going to be? It's not fully decided. I think it's going to be like 19, 20. It's like trade 9, 20. Tr- trade 20. And two of the four second-round picks come up, take Mitchkov and say, okay, pal, we'll see you in a couple years when your KHL contract's up. Connor Bedard will be in year four. He'll have 300 career NHL points by then. You just slap that guy, who probably would be the number two pick if he didn't have all this stuff. I, I think he's more skilled than Fantilli, but he's less of a lock to be a really good NHL player than Fantilli, which is why you know the difference in draft stock right now. Uh, if there's a team that could take a risk like that now, It's the Blackhawks because they're going to have Bedard and, you know, they have all these other great prospects like Arizona's not taking that chance. They can't wait to draft a player who they think is going to take that long to potentially come over to the NHL. I think I I think a team like Philly could take that chance because I think they're going to be going through a really hard rebuild here, too. I think they'll firmly be in the Max Celebrini sweepstakes. A team like Columbus certainly isn't going to take him because they probably want to be right back in the playoff mix next year with Johnny Goudreau in year two of the contract. We've seen guys in year two of contracts just go back to being their normal selves again. I firmly believe that will happen for Johnny Hockey. Uh, Patrick Lyon is a 30 goal scorer. Uh, they'll get Zach Wierenski back from injury. I don't So I don't think Columbus is they're thinking like now. They're not thinking years and years down the mm-hmm. line. The Blackhawks still have time to be thinking two, three years down the line. I don't know, man. This of Bedard thing, it changes everything, and I'm super stoked about I,
1: it. I got them being good in three years. That That's my timeline here. I figure you three years, kind of going off a little bit of history here when they drafted Kane in 2007, won the Cup in 2010. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win the Cup in 2026, But I'm saying they will. I could see them being one of those top teams that are going to make the playoffs in in roughly three years. I think that's fair. Um, If we didn't have Bedard, I think it would have taken a a lot more, you know, time. But you know, they could surprise us too. They defied odd odds once a couple nights ago, right? So you never know. I'm excited. Um, You lose your franchise players and Canaan Taves in the same season. And you end up getting Bedard. And since um, it actually, not even like an hour, an hour and a half after, they did like $2.5 million in um, season tickets. Like an hour and a half as soon as the draft was announced. And then the next morning, they're up to $5.2 million in ticket sales. Everybody's excited. This is a huge moment for the Blackhawks. It's a huge moment for the city of Chicago. Where Everybody's dialed back in and we're ready to be competitive in the next few years. So I'm excited about that. And and like you mentioned earlier, it should be interesting to see any free agents that want to come play with Chicago now. Because like, who doesn't want to play next to Bedard?
0: 100%. Um, what do you think about Hart Foundation's comment about comparing Bedard to Sid the Kid? What's your take on that?
1: I'm hearing Sid the Kid comps a lot. What say you experts? Um, I actually... I don't know if I've ever heard him being compared to Sidney Crosby. I think, was it him or Fantilli I said was Kucherov? Was that Fantilli that I was compared him to? I think I think it was Bedard. It might have been Bedard. He very well could be a Sidney Crosby. If they're projecting him to be as good as he is and the simulations go right, And I mean, he's in some pretty good company. I'd say he'd be right up there with Crosby. Nothing's for sure, and I want to hope that he is or even better than Crosby, obviously. But um, I'm saying that there's a pretty good chance. I mean, guys like this don't come around and bust that often. I mean, you look at the years, you look at history in which guys like this have been rated. The the, the last guy that was hyped up this much was Connor McDavid, and look how he turned out, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of hype here. I, I don't see him being a bust. I do see him being elite like maybe Sidney Crosby or you know other great players who have come and gone in the league. If he's a Mario Lemieux, I'll take that as well. I mean but you don't know. I mean, it's so hard to say those things with the guy that's never played, but I'm very confident that it's going to, that's the way it's going to turn out to be.
0: If the comps are Sidney Crosby in terms of production, perhaps similar point totals, blah, 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 but like, so does Jack Hughes, but Jack Hughes and Sidney Crosby are nothing alike in terms of the way they play. And that's how I feel about Connor Bedard. I actually think Connor Bedard's closest comparable in my opinion is Austin Matthews. He I don't know if he's as good defensively as Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews might win a Selkie in his career. Um, like he, He's outstanding defensively. And Austin Matthews' shot, though, is otherworldly, and that's how I feel about Connor Bedard. Sidney Crosby has over 500 career goals, but there's a lot of muck and guts in Sidney Crosby's goals. Going to the front of the net, tipping in pucks, taking abuse, being a big butt in front of the net, and banking in rebounds, and being better at everybody else in tight. Better than everybody else in tight and down low behind the net and wraparounds and stuff like the greasy goals for Sidney Crosby. Mm-hmm. Connor Bedard in a lot of ways invented a new way to shoot the puck. He shoots it. Unlike I've ever seen a player shoot. Like he almost like Ma- Matthews brings his hands together when he shoots and it throws off the goalie big time. It changes the angle. He like when he, every time he shoots his arms, his hands, you'll always notice they come together, which is very rare. To see, like, not even rare, like, you don't see anybody else do that. Like, Ovechkin keeps his hands in two firm spots. Matthews kind of brings it up and almost flicks it using the top of the stick. Um, Bedard kind of like it almost looks like the puck goes in a circle Mm -hmm. as he shoots it. And, like, it just the angles are so thrown off that the goalies can't read it like the way that other goalies can. Uh, Bedard, he'll probably end with more assists than goals, which because most players do. Um, You know, Ovechkin is even – I'm pretty sure he's close to being even in goals and assists, even though – right? He probably has more goals. He has way more goals,
1: I think, yeah.
0: But still, you know, most guys – Bedard's still a great playmaker. Look at what he did in the World Juniors. He had nine goals, but he still had, like, 15 assists, and he broke World Junior Championship records. (laughs) He scored 71 goals for the Regina Pats this season. He had 72 assists. Like –
1: you know, I don't think a lot of people understand how special this is unless you're an avid like hockey fan. Like the commoners who like love the Blackhawks and just don't follow them every like they're like, "Oh, this kid's got a lot of hype, but I don't think you truly understand unless you know the capability that Connor Bedard has." And you know, Hart Foundation says, "Do you think Kane might have a change of heart and come back home?" I do not. I don't think Kane is coming back to the Blackhawks, but I do think there is a very good chance maybe a guy like Alex Dabrinkit would, 25 years old, get him back by the time the Hawks are good, 28, 29 years old. I mean, bam, he's right in the mix. Uh, even Max Domi because he loves playing under Luke Richardson. That's a very well possibility. Or a name you don't hear as much that maybe I'm going to throw out there. What about like a veteran center is like Sean Monahan, coming to the Blackhawks, kind of mentoring Bedard. And uh, I think having Sean Monahan on the team would be a great addition to the Hawks. You don't know. I mean, I think it would do good It teach the kid some stuff. And I mean, I, I think a lot of free agents are going to want to come to Chicago because of how young they are. I mean, look at Timo Meyer going to the Devils and how young the Devils are. Like people want to go play for the New Jersey Devils. And I think the same thing is going to be said about the Hawks in years to come.
0: I agree. I don't think Patrick Kane is coming back. I don't think they're going to want him back. He's going to be 35 years old. They're not going to let the door hit him in the ass uh, when people leave. I, like, I do think a guy like Dabrinka could come back. He fits. He fits the mold. I'm looking at the free agents, and when I take a look at some of the wings that could potentially play with him, Patrick Kane is obviously at the top of the list. Um, you know, He's somebody that could be in consideration. Would Ryan O'Reilly consider playing wing on a team he like the Blackhawks?
1: A free agent, but I didn't think he'd come over.
0: Yeah, I don't know. He's not going to be all that expensive. Would he be willing to play wing or be a one-two punch with Bedard to try and show him the ropes, as you suggest? James Van Riemsdyk is an option. Max Pacioretty, he's a little too injured. I probably wouldn't go near him. Um, Jordan Stahl, who's been great with Carolina. He's probably been like Selke. He's not nominated for the Selkie Trophy, but he will receive – like when the little sheet comes out at the end, his name will be on there in the top ten. He might even be number four. Um, Milan Lucic is – 35, I don't know if they'll bring in a bruiser like that to play with him. Gustav Nyquist, you know, decent player is a chance. 33 years old. Uh, Andrew Ladd and Hornquist, those ships have probably sailed. Dadinov, Daddy from the Dallas Stars. I think he could be somebody that the Hawks look at if he don't feel like going back. Uh, I mentioned Tomas Tatar. Um, Felino from the Bruins. Um, probably not. But, I mean, there are some people. Andreas Athanasiou could come back. Obviously, Max Domi. Um, I'm looking... Vladislav Nemestikov probably not. Uh, Eric Hall is a free agent that they might consider. Um, I don't know. There are some names out there. There's obviously trades to be made, like you said, with the Devils and and the Oilers and some of these other teams. The Avalanche, these teams with top playmakers that were selected at the near the top of the draft, um, you know, got, that becomes free agent destination, and you know. That, that's just how it is sometimes. Ten of the last 15 Stanley Cup champions made a number one pick within the years leading up to it and had that player producing for them. Um, so you think of Stamkos and Kane and, you know, McDavid – or not McDavid, Crosby, um, Ovechkin. I don't think the St. Louis Blue, – the Blues are one of the exceptions. The Kings are one of the exceptions. Um, I'm trying to think who else could I be missing here. The Bruins? The Bruins had – the Bruins had a number two.
1: I was going to say, I don't think they picked one.
0: No, they had a two. They had a two in there. They took Tyler Sagan, and they won the cup with him in his rookie year. And the Bruins were like, they were gifted that number two pick. They were an elite team picking second um, because they had the Leafs pick mm-hmm. from the Tuka Rask trade. Or no, it was the Phil Kessel trade. And the Bruins ended up with two. They came in second for the lottery. And or the Leafs came in second for the lottery. the Bruins got the pick and took Tyler Sagan um which funny number one was Taylor Hall, who now plays for the Bruins mm-hmm. um it's just it's it's a big moment when you make a selection like that and it's obviously gonna be really cool um he's gonna get booed the H out of him in Nashville, and I, I kind of Black feel Black bad that it's Hawks. it's in Nashville and the Blackhawks have the number one pick. You I imagine mean, if it was in Chicago. Yes.
1: <laughs> I can't I can. like the, the, the roof would be gone.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about putting something together where we take a one night trip out to Nashville. We could drive we could rent a car and drive there. The tickets are so cheap for the draft. Maybe we could put something together like that. Maybe uh Tom will be interested in going or something like that. It's a weekday. Like we have no excuse not to go check this out. It's
1: the twenty eighth. What day is
0: that? Uh I think it's a Thursday. And so, we could just take no, a quick it's a seven Wednesday. Yeah, we could take a quick seven hour it's drive. A
1: far down show. That's what I'm saying.
0: Travel. Yeah. We could take a quick we could take a quick trip down there, do our show from a Nashville hotel or something like that, and then go see the draft do and maybe do like a special live show after. I like there are so many opportunities with this with it being a Wednesday and you know it's just it's cool that I think that's the way it is, and man, that'd be fun. We'll we'll see if we could put something like that together. Maybe even Eldo will be down to go and really get down the nitty-gritty of hockey conversation for just a night or two in Nashville. And then we could go hang out at Honky Tonk after. <laughs> you know, have a couple have a couple brewski's with the Nashville country folk. Um the Heart Devils don't
1: Foundation says that's impressive stuff. Thanks,
0: boys. Of course. You're welcome. Um yeah. How about the Ducks though? They come in second for the draft lottery. I know you feel no quarrel for them whatsoever but they have now well, i don't yeah. i don't know if you heard about this they came in second i was gonna in say the sydney crosby yeah, draft say,
1: they, they just got bad luck
0: yeah well you know who they took with that second pick bobby ryan <laughs> our good friend bobby ryan yep.
1: sydney <laughs> I mean, no no like no crosby but
0: bobby ryan <laughs> would say that he, he pretty much I'm pretty sure he did he probably did on our show yeah Um, but yeah, you know, so that makes me wonder like in 10 years, are we going to have Adam Fantilli on the show? Uh, I think that'd be pretty funny if it all came full circle, but the Ducks, they come in second in the Bedard draft and the, um, Crosby draft. Well, the McDavid draft, what happened to them in 2015? They lost in game seven after having a three to two series lead over the Chicago Blackhawks. Poor Ducks, poor Ducks. (laughs) I mean, that, that's just tough. But they will I'm take sure fans
1: finishing second to the Blackhawks. Yeah,
0: yeah, or the lately. or the Penguins. <laughs> um, what's your take? Oh, and the Ducks have lost to the Devils in the Stanley Cup final. They um, yeah, they like second place. Um, and the Mighty Ducks is also the second best Disney sports movie named after a team. I would say uh, I enjoy Angels in the Outfield just a tad bit more than the Mighty Ducks. Um, but Fantilly, man,
1: he'll be great. Uh, Yes, I think you'll be great. The Ducks don't need Bedard. They got Zgris, um wow. Troy Terry. I mean, come on, though. They, they don't need him. Like, the Hawks need him, like, bad. Like, the Ducks roster is better right now. They, they got Troy Ter- Terry, Mason McTavich, um, Drysdale, Trevor Zegers. I mean, they got guys. And I think a guy with the attitude that Adam Fantilli has, that mean, gutsy, grinding, you know, he's got that just personality kind of – is the opposite of what Trevor Ziegros is. Trevor Ziegros is a good guy, likes to have fun. You got like best of both worlds on your team, and I think that's going to mesh well, really well together. And I, like you said when we talked about it the other night, um, after the draft, it's going to be like I could see a lot of Hawks Ducks battles in years to come. So, I, I don't. I think the Ducks are just going to be just fine with Adam Fantilli.
0: I tweeted that Fantilli Ziegros could be very similar to a. He sure Hughes combination. Do you kind of agree with that? I could see it. Like die a diet version. Yeah. I, I think Hughes is better. Th- I think Hughes is better than um, Zegers, And I think He sure is better than Fantilli. But, you know, the style of play. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I could see it being like, you know, Fantilli's the mean a hole. Probably their next. I mean, would they give him the captaincy over Terry or Zegers? I could see it. It's weird. I could see it. It's not a lock. They still might give it to Zegers, you know, NHL 23, face of the NHL probably even, you know, getting close to just because his all his goals are pretty. You know, he might have he might have 20 to 30 less points than he, uh, Hughes in any given year or Bedard in any given year. But his goals just might be a tad bit more pretty. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see Bedard scoring the Michigan. I don't see Jack Hughes scoring the Michigan. You know, I, they'll just have three goals to every Trevor Zegers, Michigan. <laughs> you know, like, and you know, there's nothing against Zegers. He's supremely skilled. He's a video game. I love Trevor Zegers. I can't wait till October to watch the ducks again. I've actually been missing my ducks fix. Cause I do watch the ducks a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I just think Fantilly Zegers could be like that type of one, two punch yeah, that does help see. you in the playoffs because of the contrasting styles. So I don't know. I think the ducks are in a good spot. Um, Depth on defense and better bottom six, I think, is probably the key to them beyond the Fantilli pick. Uh, I don't think they're going to be this bad next year.
1: It's kind of funny that the Blue Jackets got screwed out of it all because they were in last for a majority of the year and they just, at the end of the season, they kept going up. And they, I mean, they finished second with the worst record, but they got the worst end of it all. But they'll probably draft like Leo Carlson and be fine too.
0: So, yeah, I don't think their future's unbright. I think they're the tank, the team, and there are Blackhawks fans that might disagree with me on this. I think they're the team that purposely tanked the most because they were so rattled by injuries this year that by February, they said, fuck it. Like, we're done. We're going to freaking trade Nyquist. Wierenski's out for the year. We're going to start all these idiots in goal. You know, Johnny Gujo, you don't have to play the last two games. So, line you're done. You know, the Hawks. Buddy fucking Robinson almost cost them <laughs> stupid Connor Bedard. Like, uh, listen, if the Blackhawks didn't win the lottery, I think Buddy Robinson would be public enemy number one in Chicago city yeah. limits for the next freaking 20 years. So, you know, we don't have to hate Buddy Robinson anymore because um, he scored one measly goal against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We don't even have to hate the Penguins as Chicagoans. It all worked out. Um, each of our teams won a lottery. When they were the third worst team. Mm -hmm. The Devils and the Blackhawks have each done that now. So we have that under our belt. It's going to be fun doing this show with these two teams. Because I think this show will be at its best if both teams, if we're rooting for each other, to meet each other in the Stanley Cup final. Could you
1: imagine if the Devils met the Hawks in the
0: Stanley Cup final? I think it's possible. I really, really do. The Devils need to be good for the duration of the Hawks getting good. Um... I didn't know Buddy's middle name was fucking (laughs) Buddy fucking Robinson. You know know why I say it like that, Tom? I don't think I've ever heard a Chicago fan just say Buddy Robinson. It's always just been Buddy fucking Robinson because he scored that stupid-ass goal against the Penguins that cost them the best odds in the lottery. I mean that's just the way it rolled. They they either they were never having the second best odds. They were only going to have the worst odds or the third worst odds. It worked out in the end. Did you see salty St. Louis Blues fans are pissed off because they were one number away. They were, were they one really? number. Yeah. The the code that earned the Blackhawks Bedard was I 4 it. Yeah, it was four five nine thirteen. The Blues were four five eight thirteen.
1: Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine, the oh. St.
0: Louis Blues were one numerical ping pong ball eight or nine away from getting Connor Bedard. And listen, he would have looked really good in the St. Louis Blues unit. I know you don't think I that. Yeah, that would have been, yeah, been tough for Chicago. That would have been tough for Chicago cuz they were like bad by accident kind of. And still, it's just it's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. <laughs> I think Vancouver was off by one two. But it was a little less egregious, I think. I think Vancouver might have been four, four, five, nine, twelve. I don't know. It's not funny with them though, because like, <laughs> you know, Connor Bedard's from British Columbia. Like them winning the lottery would actually be like a great story in the NHL. Um, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I think uh, the St. Louis Blues fans are a little annoyed, but
1: it's all right. Good. Uh,
0: Everyone in my immediate family's birthday is covered in the Blackhawks winning numbers, too. Lisa's five, me and Joey are nine, and Mike's 13. And there's four of us. Yeah? That's crazy. <laughs> the, That's I think I, really I th- funny. I want to say it's Barstool. They're selling a shirt that has lottery balls, but the balls are Blackhawk feather colors uh-huh. and it's four five nine thirteen i think i'm gonna scoop one that's of those. really
1: yeah i might too that's really yeah cool.
0: maybe i'll just buy two and we'll wear them on the show
1: the heart says i'm playing those numbers in the lottery
0: <laughs> yeah can you imagine if they win like a money lottery like the illinois lottery
1: yeah that's what he's saying he's gonna he's gonna go do that
0: it'd be yeah. insane. Well, the rest of the draft order of the non-playoff teams are as follows. Obviously, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks will be picking first and the um, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim will be picking second, followed by the Blue Jackets at third, the San Jose Sharks at four, Montreal Canadiens at five, Arizona Coyotes at six, Philadelphia Flyers at seven, Washington Capitals at eight, Detroit Red Wings at nine, St. Louis Blues at ten, The Vancouver Canucks are 11. Um, The Ottawa Senators are 12. The Buffalo Sabres are 13. The Pittsburgh Penguins are 14. And the Nashville Predators are 15. Do
1: you forget about the Flames at 16? The
0: Flames and the Flames are 16. (laughs) Correct. Thank you for that. Um, I believe the the whole draft order changes if Florida ends up hanging on to beat the Leafs because. Then they become – it's crazy. They are either drafting 17th or 28th or bet, or worse. Because when you get to the conference finals, it's no longer reverse order. Yeah. The conference finals are the final four picks of the first round. But every other playoff team are just in reverse order of the playoffs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the Devils will probably be like 24 if they don't get past Carolina. Same thing with Carolina. That will be like 25. But they jump all the way up to 29 if they make it to the conference finals just because they put the conference finals teams at the end. So, uh, Tom wants to know who's Joey. <laughs>
1: Who? Who? <laughs> He's mad. That, that's rough.
0: <laughs> I mean, I the teams I felt the most bad for while watching the lottery, even more than, like, the Blue Jackets, are the four teams that miss playoffs but can't win the lot? Well, they can win the lottery, but they can't get Bedard. And that was the Predators, Penguins, Sabres, and Senators. If they won the lottery, they would just move up 10 spots. Um, and then the teams that made the playoffs but got bounced in the first round. So you're done with your playoff games, and you also can't win the lottery. I like, think that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. But it happens every year. And I'd rather make the playoffs as a good team. Mm-hmm you know, Absolutely. and have a, have a chance going forward. But then there's teams like the Bruins and the Rangers where you don't really know what their future is going to look like, and they could be participating. Oh, and when Bill Daly flipped over the card and it showed the Penguins, I was like, wait a minute. I've never seen a draft lottery card with a Penguins logo on it. The last time they participated in the draft lottery, I wasn't watching hockey the way I am now. You know, there are some who else hasn't participated in the lottery because now that we've seen the Blackhawks do it,
1: Just Tampa we, Bay.
0: Yeah, Tampa Bay was in the lottery the year before they won the cup. Wow.
1: Yeah. And they won the cup the year after.
0: I think it was the year after or two years after they they missed the playoffs there when Victor Hedman wow. was hurt. Victor Hedman was hurt and Kucherov was hurt. They they like had like a mediocre year. They missed the playoffs by like one point. I remember. Yeah. I don't know if they won the Cup the next year. They might have made it to the Conference Finals the next year against Pittsburgh. I don't remember. They 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 made it far the year after missing the playoffs, though. And, like, we've seen the Bruins even participate. They were the first card shown when they got McAvoy. Mm-hmm. Now, if that draft were redone, McAvoy would probably go second. So the Bruins ended up winning the lottery anyway in that way. But, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. Frank, I'm excited for the draft.
1: I am, too. I'm very, very excited. I can't wait.
0: Me too, and we're going to be taking a look at lots of prospects throughout the, the show over the summer, and you know, I, I'm becoming a prospect guy. I've always have been, but speaking of prospects, this might be my favorite picture for those of you watch, uh, listening on the audio version. It's Connor Bedard with Colton Doc and Kevin Korczynski mm-hmm. after winning the gold medal at the World Junior Championships. No clue all three of them would be teammates at that point in time.
1: That is crazy.
0: Absolutely. So you got anything left on Bedard before we head into period two?
1: I still feel like I'm in a dream. I'm just going to wake up and it's going to be like, all right, time to do the draft lottery. Time
0: to do the draft
1: lottery. It's just, it just doesn't feel real to me.
0: What were your, did you think they had, like, now Now that the draft lottery is over and you could stop, like, lying, because I know you're a freaking liar, liar. What were your actual feelings that day? Well, because you always act like oh, I think the Blackhawks they got a good chance to win. No, like, yeah, mate. I get I get the show face thing. I do it too. Devils in seven. What but do you like
1: mean? I was nervous the whole day. So
0: you didn't like did you
1: No, did you... I didn't like I in my head I'm like, they have a chance, never say never, but it's probably not gonna happen. Really? Yeah.
0: Cause I remember see, I always had a feeling for the Hawks. I don't know
1: why. But like I said, as soon as I found out he shared the same birthday, that was it. It like made sense. And then I started picturing of teams like I can't picture him in a Ducks jersey. It just didn't make sense. It made sense of him being in a Hawks jersey. I don't know. Maybe I'm biased, but that's just the way it. That's just the way my brain works.
0: I don't think you're biased. I I agree with you.
1: I, I thought it was the whole really time. weird that he had my the same birthday.
0: Yeah, that is odd. That
1: is like really creepy to the point where like this is fixed. He's got the same yeah. birthday. He's coming to Chicago. <laughs>
0: Hundred percent.
1: Even Skoke now. Skoke said it earlier. Where where where's his comment? He said, uh, "Frankie called it with his birthday." See, now Skokes will never forget my birthday. Nobody will. So, just look up Bedard's birthday. Exactly. So this is just, it's just hilarious. It's just. I do have
0: this in my cart.
1: I was gonna. Yeah, I I was. Well, I told you. Tom said he's gonna get a Bedard jersey because he knows he won't be traded.
0: Or they won't draft Bedard.
1: <laughs> could you imagine?
0: <laughs> they take Fantilli, he becomes a generational superstar, second best player in the league. Bedard becomes a boss oh with the Ducks. <laughs>
1: and that'd be the Ducks' luck. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, it, it's crazy because the Ducks, their organization is built off of players like Fantilli. I mean, Fantilli could be Getzlaff. And, you know, Zgris, he's not really Corey Perry, but... Who's zegris I mean, no. Cause I like when they had um Getzlaf, Perry and Ryan Kessler, uh-huh. it was like a trio, unlike most teams in the West. Like there's a reason they competed with Kopitar, Doughty and um Dowdy and whoever else you would consider the third Carter. Jeff Carter was definitely the number three guy there. Or City. Taves, Kane, and Hosa. Um wasn't Mr. Game Seven Justin Williams?
1: Yep, it was Williams.
0: Who also was like part of that like sick scene there. Oh man, I need California hockey to be back. Like I, the Kings are already good.
1: That team was so good. I love that team.
0: Yeah, the Kings are so good now. And like I know they lost to Edmonton, but they put up a damn fight and they're only getting better. Um the one the, the Sharks suck, but like man, draft Carlson I have
1: picked for the first time since nineteen
0: ninety eight. Yeah, that's the crazy. year I was born. Which they, they have probably been
1: top five since then, which kind of makes They sense took Marlowe. They were they were pretty good for a good portion of the time. Yeah, they Hawks took Marlowe. Played them in the 2010 playoffs. Yeah, they took Marlowe. Um, before you switch gears, what uh, what number do you think he's going to wear?
0: That's what I was going to ask. That's why it's in my cart and not on a UPS truck right now.
1: I, I think know. it's between three numbers.
0: Me too. You're gonna we're gonna say the same three numbers.
1: It's going to be either 98. 16 or 17 which i know what you hope i hope it's oh my god if i could get oh my god i don't know what i would do
0: <laughs> weren't you born in 98 though
1: yeah so who cares well 16 is just weird i don't want sixteen. he's not gonna be 16
0: that's in people, last place for me honestly, a lot you know? of people
1: are saying 98 and a lot I of think people he's want wear 98 now isn't that funny like Gretzky's ninety nine, McDavid's ninety seven, Bedard would be ninety eight. Smack yeah. dab in the middle. It's like yeah. those those great players wear the high numbers. Like a lot of people are hoping for ninety eight.
0: I think he wears ninety eight because that's what he wore with the Regina Pats, and Team Canada was never gonna let him wear ninety eight, so they put him in sixteen. Sixteen is Taves's Team Canada number. Let's pick a new Team Canada number there, Mister. But no, I'm kidding. He can have sixteen with Canada because nobody claims a number for Team Canada except Gretzky. Um
1: 17 would be so sweet.
0: 17 would be cool. There's no doubt 17 would be cool with the Blackhawks. Who who's if worn 17, 17?
1: It's getting ordered immediately.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I think the fact that you were born in ninety-eight, though, that, that's sick. Because he wasn't born in ninety eight. What no, was Connor McGarden? That's fucked up.
1: He think was the born that won the word. I Day. know, I know.
0: <laughs> I fucking hate life. That's fucked up. Um I, I hope he wears nine, because like you said, the top players wearing big numbers is cool. Patrick Kane's 88. Um,
1: Crosby's 87.
0: Crosby's 87. Jack Hughes is 86.
1: It's like and all the top players besides yeah. Like Ovechkin.
0: Yeah, which Ovechkin wears a defenseman number. I don't know what he was thinking, but he's Alexander the Great Eight. So, like. It works. It works, exactly. Um, I would he give a
1: curveball, and he's like, I'm being 53. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, I mean, Luke Hughes is 43, which is odd for a defenseman. Um, But that's why they've all liked 43. Quinn wears 43 in Vancouver. 86 is double 43. So that's why Jack wears that. So, you know, numbers are interesting. I think we'll find out. Every player drafted will have a 23 on their back except Mm -hmm. Bedard. Whatever Bedard's jersey has. Is that how it works? No. No. Not oh. usually, but like they put a, like he Jersey said 17 Nolan Patrick's Jersey, Kale McCarr. They all said yeah, 17. Right. Um, McDavid's was 97. Um, I think they put, they put 34 on Matthews's draft leafs Jersey. Like when you're the number one pick, you know who you're taking. You can make a custom Jersey. Yeah. When you're not the number one pick, you don't know for sure who you're taking. They just kind of throw Lee, They throw a Jersey together for you right there at the end. Are right there after they know they're making the pick and they stitch a nameplate on quickly and get it ready for you. When you come out on stage where when you're the number one pick, that Jersey's probably already made, you know, like the Bedard 98 jerseys already ready to throw oh, yeah. them on them. Um, this is hilarious. Maybe buddy Robinson will change 95 <laughs> and release his grace greatness. You know, if there was a, even though he's probably never going to play an NHL game ever again, I would love to see Tom just buy, like, a cheap Buddy Robinson jersey. Go to, like, DH Gate or AliExpress or something like that. Pick up a cheap a cheap $30 Buddy Robinson jersey and <laughs> yeah. wear, wear it around me. That's a good way to make me laugh because I wouldn't be laughing if the Blackhawks didn't get Bedard. He was on track to become my second most hated player behind um, Avery, if that were the case. So it's not – we move on. Frank, let's talk some actual hockey in period number two. Welcome to period two, really quick. Tom says I'm in. <laughs>
1: He's gonna show up in Door County. He's gonna have a buddy Robinson show jam. up.
0: Let's have a hockey jersey night in Door County. I'll bring a hockey jersey. Hey, we can. Let's do it. Let's. he has got it. her
1: Stars jersey. Yeah. Wait,
0: G G got a Stars jersey, huh?
1: We can do something.
0: Tyler Tyler Sagan, number 91.
1: Yeah.
0: You know why he wears 91 with Dallas?
1: Well, it was opposite of 19 what he wore with the Bruins.
0: Yep. I'm trying to remember who was wearing 19, though. That made it where he couldn't be.
1: Um.
0: Because it wasn't Riley Smith because he yeah, was traded was for Riley. There was somebody
1: <laughs> on there who was um,
0: – Yeah. He was and, traded for Riley Smith, so it couldn't have been Riley Smith. Um. It, there was definitely someone – Adios, Skokes. Good Good luck in class. class. Finals week, boy. Finals week. Good luck. Um,
1: I don't remember.
0: I'm trying to think of who would have been 19 on the Dallas Stars in 2014.
1: It wasn't uh, Rich Peverly. He was like 47, right? Yeah, but Rich,
0: Rich Peverly was traded with Sagan.
1: Was he really? Yeah. I don't remember that. It
0: was Rich Peverly and Tyler Sagan for Louis Erickson. Uh, Riley Smith and draft picks if I recall it correctly Um, damn I don't know someone was wearing 19 though and that kept um, our buddy Tyler Sagan from wearing number 19 and he stuck it out with 91 for all these years now and he's played way more years with the Dallas Stars than the Boston Bruins even at this point Um, did you see him why don't we just get into that series The Seattle Kraken, actually, wait a second. I don't think we're getting into that series just yet. We're actually going to start off with the series of my favorite team, the New Jersey Devils against the Carolina Hurricanes. They are down 3-1 to in the series, and we are going to be bringing in a very good pal of mine, somebody I really enjoy talking hockey with and have gotten to know quite a bit over the last year or so. He didn't come out and say hi to me when I was in New Jersey back in December, so we're going to have to make sure that that happens next time. Of course, I'm talking about my very good friend, Shorts Guy. Shorts Guy, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you very much, Vinny. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I, you're right. I do owe you a trip. Uh, I do owe a trip out. Uh, I was unable to attend that game. But uh, the next time you're out on the East Coast, we'll definitely be uh, be popping over and, and making sure I see you. So,
0: Absolutely. And short sky, <laughs> this is Frank, my co-host on the show. He is a head-over-heels Blackhawks fan that just enjoyed himself a lottery win. <laughs> so before
2: we get going, what's your take on that? How mad are you that the Blackhawks won the lottery? I'm actually not. I'm I'm really not mad that the Blackhawks won because uh, the Devils were not anywhere near the running for the first overall pick for the first time in forever. We were we were in we're in the playoffs right now. I know we're down uh, down uh, one to three, but we were not in the running for that top overall pick and it just felt good for once to be a good team. So uh, whatever you can have, Connor Bedard. That's fine. There's doesn't... no bad blood. Here. <laughs> Different conferences, exactly. I mean, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna be a hell of a player. So you guys are gonna get yourself a hell of a player. Uh, I just I would find it really funny if this would be the first year that uh, a top overall pick says, "Yeah, no, I'd I'd rather go somewhere other than I'd uh, be seeing so that." Is... <laughs> it would be that, it would be wild if if that was finally if this was finally the year that happened. I doubt it's gonna be because you know going to Chicago. I mean, you guys are an original six. You're a storied franchise, and I heard some little factoid uh, the other day that uh, Bedard's uncle had a cup of coffee with the Blackhawks for a little bit, yeah. or something, something yeah. like that. Um, so yeah, so I guess there's a little bit of family lineage with the Blackhawks there. Wow. Uh, so I guess it would be fitting that he would go there. I did not know that, shorts guy. Maybe. Good, Yeah. Good. Good little tidbit there. Yeah, I, I heard it on the radio the other day. Um, I forget what what his name was, but. If if I have a chance to look it up, I'll I'll he over to you. He had coffee with who? Was it the general? Was it a uh, the no Warnspin? player? No, a player. His uncle, I believe, played for a little bit with the Blackhawks. Oh. He
0: means he means like a cup of coffee, like a short amount of time. Like he had a cup uh, of. Coffee, I thought he, yeah. I thought he
2: spent time
1: here. Like in no money, like, no, he had no, no. A cup of Coffee <laughs> with the uh, like, oh, come uh, on Frank. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, i man. was like oh how
1: nice is that he's, he grabbed a couple of management i was like he's trying to get his uh nephew into the
2: league. Uh,
0: that's funny uh,
2: so uh, I'll, I'll try to look that up as we're talking see if i can find out what his uncle's name was but i did hear that that little factoid on the radio the other day so i guess it's a little bit of lineage there with the blackhawks uh, as long as i heard it properly which is possible i didn't because that's just the way I am when I'm listening to the radios I'm driving. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the important thing to me is he's not going to Columbus and
0: he's not going to Philly. So we do not have to deal with Connor Bedard outside of once in their building and once in our building. So that's always yeah. a positive because I do think he's going to be that good.
2: I'm buying all the Connor Bedard hype.
1: Um,
2: it, it I really wouldn't have minded to see him go to uh, Anaheim. I thought him him playing with, with Zegris would have been quite, and McTavish would have been quite a, a young trio of players right there, which would have been pretty rad to see growing up together. But um, yeah, I mean, he's gonna, um, you know, you guys are, are definitely getting a player that's gonna be. I, I mean, it's already benefiting you guys season ticket wise. You guys had a, a jump in season tickets, uh, and here, uh, here we go. I found it. Connor's great uncle James Berdard. Played 22 games over two seasons with the Blackhawks in 49 and 51. From 49 to 51. Wow. So he was teammates
0: oh. He was teammates with Stan Makita and Bobby Hall, right? was
2: that, is that uh, what that would mean? That would have to be. Yeah, yeah he was a defenseman. No, no points in five games in 49-50 and two points. One goal in 17 games in 50-51. So that's a cup of coffee if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, team. that is a cup of
0: coffee, 100%. <laughs> Well, shorts guy. Obviously, the main point of you know this little segment here is to talk about the not so fortunate events of round two, game four, best of seven between the uh, New Jersey Devils and Carolina Hurricanes. Tough sledding in that game. They were winning one nothing. Timo Meyer made a brilliant play, and Jack Hughes tipped it in front, gives them a one nothing lead. And then one bad break, yep. one unfortunate misplay by Michael McLeod off of a tape to tape pass by Luke Hughes learning experience for Luke Hughes to wait until he knows for a fact that the player received his pass before he changes. But that mm-hmm. leaves the lane wide open to the net for Nietzsche, who gets the game tied and the devil's crumble from there. What's your takeaway from game number four?
2: I mean, a disaster, it, you know, five goals in the second period. That's, a di- you know, that's a disaster uh, to me. We were held to only 22 shots on goal. Uh, which that that's very reminiscent of game one where we had one blooping goal uh, you know, in the first period. So that's just, that's, we didn't, we, we were not the dynamic team. We were in game three. Uh, I'm, th- I'm thrilled as anything. I could not go into the game yesterday because I think that just would have been an absolute disaster to see. I mean, I, I already saw both five, one losses to the Rangers. I didn't need to see a six, one loss to the hurricanes. Uh, so, overall it was it, i was listening to most of it on the radio cuz i had to shoot over to my own hockey game and it just was like goal 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 it it just felt like that their goals were just coming uh just one right after the other after the other like it was almost to the point where i'm listening to it going like are they replaying the goal that just scored <laughs> oh no that's another goal against it's like holy crap will you at least where's the defense like it just it ca- carolina seems to be overwhelming us right now which is a little upsetting uh, and the devils have to put up or shut up at this point when it comes to Thursday night, tomorrow night, because obviously we go, you know, we're done other. If, if we don't perform tomorrow night, we're done. And I got to imagine the coaching staff is is hammering that point home, uh, whether it's in meetings or virtual meetings, emails, however, they're going to hammer it home. They got to hammer it home like this is it. Like you guys want to prove that you're, you know, becoming elites in the league. Well, now's your time to put up or shut up.
1: Isn't it kind of weird? Like we all thought this series would have been more on the defensive side and it's been everything, but yeah, it's there. It's so wild. How many, every game has been a blowout.
2: Uh, And even the, the the devil's win didn't feel like a good devil's win because it felt like a very, uh, you know, lack of defensive effort in that game with, with the three shorthanded goals in a row. But, but you look around the rest of the playoffs and there's a lot of blowouts going on. So it's not like there's, there's Mm -hmm. one defensive series seems to be that there's a lot of wide open games and a lot of goaltending shifts as well throughout all these games. So it's, it's not uncommon for the rest of what's going on in the playoffs right now. Uh, it's, you know, the, the Vegas golden Knights blew out the Oilers the other night, you know, after, after a goalie change and it was just boom, boom, boom goals coming, you know, hot and heavy one, one right after the other. So it's, it's kind of on par for the rest of the playoffs right now. It seems, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you're uh, a fan base and, and I would have to say most of the most of the older Devils fan base is least um, was used to more of a defensive style and, and lack of scoring against and even lack of scoring for, for that matter. Uh, it's we're we're more of a, you know, we, we built our championship and our history on defense and goaltending and, and neither of those seem to be there right now.
0: Absolutely. Are you a little worried about it because they've lost six times in the playoffs and all six of them were by four or five goals um, obviously there's goaltending question marks, and what are they going to do in the offseason if this is, in fact, the end for them against Carolina? What's your takeaway from all that noise?
2: I think that our our goaltending has to tighten up. Not Not every single goal is on the fault of the goalie. But we've had defensive lapses a lot throughout the season. We just happen to get away with it, I think, a lot of times. Uh, in the Rangers series, Chris Kreider was just left wide open so often, and it led to goals. And that's that's nothing that the goaltender can do. If a guy's left open at the back post, even on a power play, you know that's still something that it's that's a defensive breakdown. Uh, the the shorthanded goals against in in game three, uh, yeah, game three, those are defensive breakdowns. What you described uh, the, in you know my the little intro there when I came in, you know Luke Hughes making a pass and then making a bad change. That's actually really one of those small mistakes that. Uh, Chico brought up yesterday on on game day live when it, when it came to that that Luke is making these plays at the college speed. And this is the NHL. This is now the NHL and it's NHL speed. So he's getting kind of burnt with it. So uh, it's I'd, I'd be curious if, if maybe we don't see Luke Hughes in game uh, game five. But you never know. I'm, and I'm assuming we're going to probably see Schmidt because at this point, I think it's anyone's net. I mean, hell, we may even see Blackwood. Who the hell?
1: Who knows at this point?
2: Like we just—that's my prediction.
1: You think Blackwood gets in? I do. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. no. You know I don't how think I feel about Blackwood. I
2: don't think it would be the wisest choice because it's been a long while since he's had any any kind of game action. It would it would be very much like putting Swayman in for Boston. I think if Blackwood was going to go in I, a game to to maybe potentially put him in was was yesterday, but to put him in a in, in a game like tomorrow would almost to me signal that desperation. To the point where they're they're trying anything and everything, you know. And Blackwood Blackwood is is a tale of two goals. He's either phenomenal, or he's just mind head scratchingly awful. And it's just a matter of which one's going to show up. And I, I guess VTech has been that a little bit too this playoff series. I got to imagine that they go back to Schmidt for tomorrow. I, I don't see. I, I like, Yeah, they they kind of have to at this point because at this point it's. Six one and and I don't I like I said I was listening to the radio and I was kind of here and there when I was at when I was at my rink after after what goal was was Vitek pulled or was he pulled the f- I gotta assume it was he, was he he was pulled after the fourth goal I believe or no he was pulled
0: okay. after the fifth goal yeah he they called they called a timeout after the fourth goal then he mm-hmm. gave up a fifth and they pulled him yeah. I would have called the timeout after the third, too. I couldn't believe that they didn't call a timeout after the third because it came so quickly after the second. And the game's still very yep. much in reach, especially for a dynamic team like the Devils when you're only down two with half a game to go. And they didn't do it. I thought there were some questionable coaching decisions yesterday by Lindy for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but then again, if you're not getting shots on goal, you can be as dynamic as you want. If you're not getting shots on goal, we're not going to score.
1: Yep. Yeah, Hurricanes have done well defensively, but yeah, I agree. You put uh, you put Schmidt in Game Five to start. Um, I mean, he was the backbone in the Rangers series. I mean, Schmidt was the answer. I kept telling Vinny, I I wanted them to start Schmidt after Game Two, uh, or just for Game Two, because mm-hmm. uh, I I thought that that could have been the turning point in against the Rangers, but. Um, and then I told Vinny, I'm like, yeah, you got to definitely start him for the series against Carolina. And while he hasn't, you know, he's, he's had his ups and downs in the series, obviously, but I still think you go to him, um, because of him being your backbone last series. And you know what Schmidt could give you? He only gave up one goal after, uh, Vanacek was pulled. So mm-hmm. I, I like what I'm seeing from him. And if, you know, if, if the Devils start him and they get blown out, I mean, it's nothing against Schmidt. So no. I mean, it's something you just have to do, I think.
2: Yeah. And I don't think it's really anything very much against either him or, or VTech. It, I, I feel like it's defensive breakdowns that the Devils are just not playing well defensively in front of either of those teams. And I can tell you from my own experience in that is that if your team's not playing well defensively, you can have a hell of a game and still lose. And it's because you're the last line of defense, literally. And the puck has to go through you before it's on the scoreboard you look like the bad guy sometimes when it really isn't your fault.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, there were times in the first round, I still think in game seven, Igor Shesterkin was the best player on either team. Oh, absolutely. And he lost. Yeah. So, you know, the Rangers just weren't that good in front of him. Does that, do you buy the, uh, what's it called? The experience experience? you know, thing that people throw out there because Carolina clearly looks like a team. And I think the Devils, they gained some valuable experience. I told Frank this on the show last week, winning that first round series that gave the Devils experience. They are no longer an inexperienced team, Mm -hmm. but Carolina just seems to have it all going for them. And they won a playoff series in five straight years. They haven't won the Stanley Cup yet. This very well could be the year. Um, But, you know, they add Brent Burns. They, you know, they make a move. They, they, even without Pacioretty, um, who else? Svechnikov and Taravainen—they still look like you know guns a blazing on offense. We were wondering if they were going to be able to score at all, and now this Jordan Martinuk, who was put on waivers before the season started, yeah. has ten points in the series after having zero against the New York Islanders. I mean, where does
2: the experience factor weigh in for you? The, the experience factor might might weigh in on the scheduling of it all. I think that the the guys that have been here before might know how to handle a game every other night after a highly emotional series like the devil's had with the Rangers uh, versus, versus not. Yeah. You know, and in Carolina, they had a couple of days off. And right now uh, those days off could, could be what is the big difference here? Because there, there were a lot of times at least in games one and two where the devils just looked gassed and we paid the price for it. And, and Carolina's had, they have that experience of maybe how to handle these games coming. Coming fast and heavy. And whereas the devils might not, even though they've got a very experienced coaching staff, um, you know, these, these, these guys have to, they've, they've been gaining a lot of experience, but um, I think there's a lot of, a lot to be said about coming off a highly emotional series against like against the Rangers and then immediately jumping into another one. That's that, that is one of those things. It's, it's like with any job, when you get a heavy workload, it's like, you have to learn how to deal with it. And sometimes you have to falter before you really deal with it properly. And we may be seeing that right now. Uh, You know, here's here's hoping like anything that that they can uh, turn it around for uh, for tomorrow night and and go forward and and potentially have a chance to win the series. But man, it's just it's it's tough sledding right now.
1: Yeah, the devil, they still got a long way to go. I mean, yeah, they had experience in a seven game series, tight rivalry series. Um, But I still think that they don't have the experience the full package that they need compared to some of the other teams i mean it was great that they beat the rangers a team loaded with experience um but just to do that consistently like you said with the scheduling you know you come out of a a, a nice heartfelt battle where the series meant the world to you and then you jump into another series right away to play the hurricanes a team that you know has experience of going deep into the playoffs and you know mm-hmm. making some runs it's just and some of the players on their teams have that experience like the Devils just don't have that yet, but it's coming. They have to pay their dues, just like some of the best yeah. teams in the league. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I feel about the whole experience thing.
2: Yeah, I would I would totally agree. And for as much experience as the Rangers had, I, I think the Canes have the edge where they have experience and they're a team. Where the Rangers were just a kind of a collection of of uh, names with experience versus being an actual team with experience which I think that's where the Rangers faltered, where the, the Canes are doing very well, is they're a very good team. They play very well together, and they have the experience. And not for nothing, they've got a head coach behind them that looks like he would probably damn near murder you if you didn't listen to him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if he could suit up on the fourth line, I think he would. Oh Like, my God. I honestly he think would,
2: that of him. He would. He would still go out there and probably at least you know play be able to play for 10 minutes and destroy someone or a couple someone's out on that ice. Yeah. And
0: another thing I wanted to ask you. The first round was awesome. I legitimately <laughs> think it was one of the best for and I'm not even just talking about the Devils. I'm talk like of course that was awesome. I like they beat the Rangers in 7 games. That's what we wait for as Devils fans. But mm-hmm. even just the other series. I think it was the longest in NHL history where the Devils uh, um, or not the Devils, the NHL as a whole, it took them the longest to end a series. We It took the longest to see handshakes in any series ever or any playoff first round ever. Okay. And round two has sucked. It's been yeah. so boring.
2: And I want to know if you have a theory why, because I kind of have a strong opinion on that as well. It, it, it could be the link to some of the series. I mean, I think the Devils series is a prime example of, you know, you're coming off a highly emotional series and you're seeing what happens. And a lot of times too, sometimes you'll see the opposite. You'll see a team that that'll sweep a series and then get pretty, you know, beat pretty handily in the second series because they've had so much time away from the actual game that that hurts too. So uh, that could be it as well. I, I think we're seeing uh, some teams with, you know, uh, inexperience as well. And that's, that's showing up. And, and it's at this point, all of your top teams are out, you know, even though I guess Carolina wouldn't be, but, the, the, the big teams that are normally always there, the, the the perennial favorites like your Tampa's, your Boston's and stuff like that, they're out. And now you have a bunch of teams that are like, oh, crap, we're left here. We can we can do this. And they just some of them don't know what to do. And it's but it's I think it's also fun and exciting at the same time with round twos because we're seeing, you know, like a Seattle type team where who would, who would have thought Grubauer would be the most consistent goaltender of the playoffs so far. Yeah. Talk talk about an an odd flip of the script. Like, out of all the goalies that were in the playoffs on April 16th, April 17th, Grubauer has been your most consistent. Absolutely. And every
0: game, except there are two games that were close. Mm -hmm. Game one between Edmonton and... Vegas and game one between Dallas and Seattle and the losing team in each of those had a guy score four goals. So how close actually was it without those guys each scoring four goals yeah. apiece, which is just something that's so odd, but you know, going back to the devil's shorts guy, and then I'll let Frankie ask you a question. Um, they are coming into this game five with their backs against the wall and it is their first time that their backs are against the wall without Also having the opponents backs against the wall since Game Six of the Stanley Cup Final in 2012, what are you expecting to see from them here in
2: this game? I I honestly just hit my camera. Um, I honestly don't know. I really don't know because the way that they've come out in the first two games away at Carolina, we looked like we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, We, this team, can come out and dominate. Uh, they just have to do it. And they have been the comeback kings all season long, including in, in the last series against the Rangers being down to nothing. But this isn't even, you know, steeper hill to climb. The franchise has come back before from from something like this, but it's, they just, it's put up or shut up time. They have to do it. If they want to do it, this is the time that they have to do it and no more mistakes. Like, you have to be perfect. If you want to win this series, you have to be damn near perfect if you want to do it.
1: Yeah, so I was just going to ask, what do you think they need to do to win this series? So you kind of answer that being perfect, but like, what are the little things that need to be done? You got to tighten up your D. You have to tighten up your D,
2: and your top players have to score, and then you need your goaltending to to show up as well uh, and be consistent because you're not going to. It's going to be tough to win a game against a really good defensive team if you're only getting something like 22 shots on goal. Like that's tough. Absolutely. So it it's got to be a whole team effort for for them to win. It's got to be a damn near perfect team effort for the Devils to go beyond this round, and they can do it. They they won thirteen in a row before. It's just a matter of can you can you replicate that now? Absolutely.
0: So the the Devils got to you know now I don't want to say make history. But, you know, I think it would be significant franchise history if they were to pull off their second ever 3-1 series comeback. They did win the Stanley Cup last time they did it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think if you make a 3-1 series comeback, we've already seen one already in the postseason. Uh, The likely second-round opponent, the Florida Panthers, did it to the Boston Bruins, who are, you know, seen as the juggernaut of the league coming into the playoffs. So I guess anything is possible. I will say... Don't let them win game five, Carolina, because then you're coming back to Carolina for game seven. I wholeheartedly believe that anything can happen if they win tomorrow. You know, I I, part of me feels like it's either tomorrow or game seven for Carolina. Like they, they they're just not that good on the road. And they were so good yesterday. And it was a lot of. I hate it the way yesterday's game went because everyone thinks Carolina is just so much better than the Devils when you look at the stat sheets, though, and you recall the game. The Devils shot themselves in the foot. What were the giveaways? Like 26 to 2? Oh, it was absurd. Something it was absurd. disgusting. Like the giveaways Devils lost more than the current games won, in my opinion. In Carolina, they take, they deserve credit. They take advantage of their opportunities, You know where they take advantage of other teams' mistakes, but it just feels like a, a scenario where if they could get back to the Rock for game six they can win this series.
2: Yeah. And here's here's hoping they do that and they, it's gotta be on the coaching staff and it's gotta be on the on the players to buy in and, and
0: perform when they need to perform. Absolutely. Um shorts guy you got a little time you want to stay in and discuss the rest of the three series with Frank and I?
2: Yeah I got a little bit of time. Let's I'll, I'll stick right, around.
0: Yeah let's let's talk some of these other series because Frank and I, you know when I, if you have to leave at any point, just don't hesitate at any at all because we'll keep you around for the rest of the second period here as we get through the rest of the playoff series. That was actually our first. Okay. So the Florida Panthers lead the Dallas Stars or the Dallas Stars. <laughs> the Florida Panthers <laughs> lead the Toronto Maple Leafs three games to none in the second round of the 2023 postseason. I mean, the full Toronto Maple Leafs finally get into the second round and they're in danger of winning as many second round games as they have the entire time that they were Uh losing in the first round. Anyway, what is your initial takeaway from this second round start between the, um, the two teams, the
2: shorts guy will start with you. And then Frank, I'll let you break it down right after. Uh, their their big names are not showing up when they need to, and their suspect goaltending is becoming really suspect. Like you know, Simsonoff being injured, injuries you you can't predict and they're sometimes unavoidable. But this is this is Toronto not having that solid goaltending they need, and, and their big names are not showing up, and they're they're making dumb mistakes like the Devils. They're they're giving the puck up, and they've had one close game. Uh, other than that, like the, the Panthers are just the the Panthers are being relentless, much like the Hurricanes are.
1: Frank? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I think Short's guy said it well. Marner, Nylander, Taveras, uh, Matthews, they're firing blanks right now. They're nowhere to be found in this series. I mean, your goal scorers in this series so far for the Leafs are Sam Lafferty, Gustafson, Kerfoot, O'Reilly, Nyes, Bunting. I mean, those are your death players. If you were to told me going into the series that through three games, those guys would be on the score sheet for a goal. I'd be like, oh, my God, the Leafs are probably up 3-0 right now. But their mm-hmm. they're guys that should be scoring are firing blanks. There's nothing they could do. So, I mean, I mean it's it's just – it's like they're crumbling under the excitement that they have of getting their first playoff series win in forever. And now they they kind of, you know, can't get over that. And Florida's just – eaten up on the, the hype. I mean, they've come in, they beat the President Trophy, Boston Bruins, and they're just they're feeding off that. And it's continuing, and they're taking it on on Toronto. And right now, you know, Vezina Bob looks to be back to Vezina Bob. He looks fantastic. It just does. like Grubauer, if there's another goalie that's been really consistent in these playoffs, it's been Sergei Bobrovsky, a reason why they beat the Bruins and a reason why they held a 3-0 lead against the Leafs. So. I mean, I like what I'm seeing from the Florida Panthers.
0: Absolutely. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, they have an issue. And I'm going to be frank here. Frank, you know that's like my podcast team is the Toronto Maple Leafs. My favorite team to write about this season besides the Devils has been the Oilers. Well, my favorite team to podcast about besides the Devils has been the Toronto Maple Leafs. And when I watch Nylander, Matthew, or specifically Matthews and Marner, play hockey in the playoffs and this probably isn't fair to say and it's probably not entirely true but it doesn't seem like they want to be there it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like they have that drive that the Oilers stars have, and I know the, the Oilers aren't perfect, but I believe McDavid and Dreisaitl are obsessed with winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, when I watch Joe Pavelski play, that guy wants to be there so bad. Nico, he is battling. He's trying to make plays from his knees when he falls, and Jack Hughes is losing a tooth and fighting Sebastian Ajo. You know, they might not be there yet in terms of ability as a team yet, but they clearly they they play hockey in such a way that I don't see the Maple Leafs do. And it's time to make a change. I mean, I, I know Dubas and Keith are probably done. Like, I, I don't see – if they get swept tonight, I don't see how they return next year, either of them. And they're probably going to go run the New York Rangers, to be honest <laughs> with you. I could honestly see that <laughs> happening too. Um, and uh, Well, at least Dubas will. He'll either bring Keith with him or hire somebody else. I think he'll probably bring Keefe with him, or they'll hire Mike Sullivan if the Penguins fire him like I think they're going to, even though I think – that's probably who I would hire if I were the Devils and could pick any coach in the league. But I don't know, man. I, I, the Leafs are just rotten at the core. They remind me of those old shark teams that always used to like make it look like they were going to go really deep with Thornton and Marlowe and Pavs and Couture and Burns, and they just never happened and never formulated into success, and that's how I feel about the Leafs. It's honestly, it's honestly disgusting. Like this series that's supposed to be Matthew Kachuk versus Austin Matthews, Mm-hmm. is just Florida's depth dominating them Kachuk doesn't have a goal but guess yeah. what Kachuk makes an impact in games he doesn't
2: score you don't say the same
0: about Matthews or Marner yeah, yeah.
2: it's it, it's a mess did, did either you guys see this the the, uh, the saves the date meme about the elimination of Austin and Mitch no I did not <laughs> no oh man it's a uh, it, it basically made it's it's made to look like a wedding uh, saves the uh, save the date and it's the uh, for the elimination of Austin and Mitch May 9th 2023 Sunrise Florida that's it, funny vinny I'll, I'll send it to you you can share it you can uh, you can share it to with with frank and at the bottom it says formal formal invitation to follow so. i will absolutely it, it i saw it on facebook i'm sure it's on twitter but vinny I'll, I'll send, send it, it to you up. right now it's it's pretty pretty darn hysterical
0: that's <laughs> funny oh i can't wait to see that i mean it's it just it's funny but it's like accurate like yeah. they're, they're inaugural or not inaugural. They're like, you know, formal leave of the Stanley cup playoffs every year, no matter what, it's just, it's crazy to me. And I'm honestly, I think they get swept tonight. And Frank, you know, I'm the Leafs guy. I had them coming out of the first round. I did yeah. think they were better than Tampa. You picked them to win and to lose in the second round. I picked them to win in the second round. As of right now, like I have nothing else to say other than I'm dead ass wrong. I'm, I'm never picking the Leafs again. I'm, I'm like done with this core. I think the sweep comes tonight. I think the, the Florida Panthers bring out the old Burke. Do you guys agree with me?
1: I agree. Yeah, probably. Yeah,
2: e- every, everything is pointing in that direction because I don't think the Leafs, uh, the Leafs are going to make the adjustments they need. And plus, plus, they've got their third string goalie in at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they're so deflated right now. Oh, yeah.
2: And the real question is who the hell is going to be the backup? Like Matt Probably <laughs> I, Murray, right? They, they said Matt he Ryan. was. Yeah, yeah. They, they said he was available, but I don't know. They with with their with their desire and love of using e bugs as backups. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I can probably get down to Florida in about a couple hours if there's a flight. I'm available. Do to it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you you can play
0: for them. No, the Leafs also the Leafs also love playing against Zamboni drivers who work <laughs> for them and lose. I will never for that was against the uh, Hurricanes. Was that, that was against the Hurricanes.
2: Hur- that was yeah, yeah. David Ayers that won was, it for the Hurricanes. Yep, that was oh, what disgusting. a franchise. What a franchise. Yeah. We think they, we have problems.
0: Oh, listen. <laughs> I'll say this with a straight. I mean every word I'm about to say.
1: Uh-oh.
0: I don't love the Devils the way they played in the second round series against the Hurricanes, but I firmly, from the bottom of my heart, believe that the next seven to eight years could be the best or close to the 90s, best Devils era ever. Jack Hughes, Luke Hughes, Nico Heesher, Timo Meyer, Jesper Brad, Dougie Hamilton. Figure out the goaltending situation. It could be. At least one Stanley Cup filled. In. like in. It would not shock me at all if the Devils win the Metropolitan Division five of the next six years. The only mm-hmm. team that could seriously challenge them is the Carolina Hurricanes, but they're going to lose free agents. They're getting older. Tara Vinen and Aho and Svetnikov are a tad bit older than our guys. It just their timeline is a little closer to coming to an end than the Devils is, where the Devils is just kind of popping open right now. The Toronto Maple Leafs. They, uh, they would love to see their team play with the heart that the Devils play, even if they get killed six to one in a game four to go down three games to one. Like, the Devils have a future ahead of them. The Maple Leafs, it's like, which one of these stars are we going to get rid of? Ain't nobody talking about getting rid of Nico Heischer or Jesper Bratt or, well, there are probably some people talking about getting rid of Bratt, but like Jack Hughes or Timo Meyer, Like, we love the way that these guys play and compete, and it's put their heart out there. I'll take the Devil situation. I'll take the devil situation over most teams in the league, really at this point. But I'm telling you what, the Toronto Mm -hmm. Maple Leafs. I'd rather be Chicago. I would rather (laughs) be Chicago. You got Connor Bedard coming in. It feels fresh. This Korczynski, Nazar, some of these prospects they have. Oh, feed me, Mm -hmm. feed me a team like that over. Bring Matthews over
1: too. (laughs) Would you
0: want them like over? Like I know you would want them. Why not? I know you would want to, but he would need to prove to me that, like, and this sounds like such a meatball take, like someone who calls into the radio after watching their first ever hockey game, but, like, he just doesn't. He, and Matthews is one of my favorite players, but he doesn't do it for me in the playoffs. I know he's got the points. They just don't – they seem like an unimportant points. Marner has never scored a goal in game three, four, five, six, or seven in a series. Every playoff goal he's ever scored has been in game one or two.
1: Hmm. I didn't know that. That's just it
2: that's just my almost, rant about the Leafs. It just almost shows a lack of being clutch for these guys. They're 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 talented and skilled, but they just can't do it when it counts exactly yep and the lanes that create pretty
0: passes and you know the the neutral zone has been a major problem for them in the playoffs those things are things that change in the playoffs and you got to figure out how to dump and chase i know it sounds so cliche but the prettiness of the regular season just doesn't translate to the playoffs and that's why the leafs run into so much trouble they didn't even play that well against tampa they got three overtime wins Mm -hmm. and
2: you know one of them they had to come back three goals i Mm -hmm. mean eh, uh, uh, the The ability But that just shows the ability is there when they they want to use it. That ability is there. The skills are there. It's just they just may not mentally have it. And we see a lot of great players that just can't mentally do it, and that just may
1: be them. And that's why it's so hard to win the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. That too. That's why you need the perfect group, the perfect core to do so. And right now the Leafs haven't proved anything. They're a great regular season team, but they can't get it done in the postseason.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep and they celebrated winning in the first round, like they won the Stanley cup. And I'm, I'm sure that kind of goes into that second round being stinky for a lot of teams, these emotional wins in the first round, you know, you, you come in and this to the second round. Now I think the third round will be different. Th- teams will have learned their lessons. You know, if it's Florida versus Carolina, neither of those teams are going to be coming off this like drastic win in the previous round. Um, Part of me wants Dallas versus Vegas for the best competitive hockey, but like Vegas versus Seattle of the original 32 would be really cool. And then, of course, anything with Edmonton is eye candy. But speaking of Vegas, they lead the Edmonton Oilers 2-1 to in the series. And again, neither game has been close in the last two. Frank, I'll start with you on this one. What are you taking away from you know, the fact that Vegas has this two to one series lead going into the game four tonight in Edmonton.
1: I just don't trust Skinner. I really don't. I mean, he had one good game in this series so far, and he had one good game against the Kings, but it all that was covered up because of the Oilers ability to score a bunch of goals. Uh, I, I don't like what I'm seeing from him. I think, Vegas, you know, had the little edge there. I know Skinner was an all-star rookie year. He was great in the regular season, but I just don't like what I've seen from him in the playoffs. And with, as far as Brossois, I've liked the way Brossois played with uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, but now he's injured. Aiden Hill had to come into the game. I don't know what his um, injury designation is for game four. Um, Maybe one of you guys know, but we also got to give it up that they've played tremendously disciplined in this series. And, you know, when you're going against a team like the Oilers and the power play they have, I mean, they were only shorthanded two and a half minutes of, uh, they were shorthanded two and a half minutes of game time in game three. And I'm pretty sure that came near the end of the game when the game was already out of reach. it didn't even matter. That's how disciplined they're playing. And that's what you have to do to beat the Oilers. Nugget, he's having his problems. He's struggling to score a goal. Um, I mean, they're just collapsing right now. And I, and I don't like, like I said, I think a big reason is Jeff Skinner coming in. They should start Jack Campbell. I give him an opportunity to start a game. I like what I've seen from him more than Skinner. So switch things up. We've seen it from mostly every team in the postseason. So I want to see something different for them because I, I truly think that Vegas has a chance to steal this one tonight, especially if Skinner starts.
2: Yeah. Goaltending, I think, has been there. But goaltending has been the bane of of Edmonton's existence for years now. They have not had a good, solid goalie since... I don't want to say... No, it wasn't fewer, but I, I, I can't even remember who the last good, solid goalie that the, that the Oilers had. Dubnik was okay,
0: and then he okay. really
2: flamed out,
0: and that allowed him to move on and play well mm-hmm. other places. But like he was a first
2: round pick, he doesn't even really count though, because he wasn't all that good with Edmonton. No, yeah, I'm really trying to think. And, and like they had Delorier for a little bit, and I thought, all right, well, this guy's going to be good, but he fizzled out. You know, Mike Smith is Mike Smith. You know, there's only one Mike Smith, and he gives you exactly what he what he is. Uh, but I, I'm trying to really think who the last great uh, Edmonton goalie was, and they just they they have all of this talent up front. But then they, they never take care of the back end. And, and the, the lack of goaltending seems to be always covered up by by the scoring. But then it seemed like it didn't matter who was in net for Edmonton the other night against Vegas because Vegas was just scoring what felt like at will. Just like at will. And Ve- uh, Vegas now, uh, I'm curious if maybe we'll see Jonathan Quick on the bench because this could potentially, with, with – uh, Brusqueau out, and I don't know what his. Uh, I'm with you. I haven't seen what his injury status is. Um, and then you had Aiden Hill come in, and he did pretty well. But you know, you also have Jonathan Quick there, and and that's a guy with massive amounts of talent. You know, do you mm-hmm. go to him? Do you say, listen, here you go. You know, this is this is your net for now. Uh, I I I know that Campbell could be a good option for for Edmonton tonight. Uh, but it, it just depends on what that coaching staff is willing to do, and and are they willing to make those changes if needed? you know, is that coaching staff really in charge or are the superstars in charge? I'd be curious what that's, that dynamic is in the
1: Edmonton room too. I actually forgot about Jonathan quick. Yeah. I mean, why not have him on the bench? I mean, he was great with Vegas to start and talk about a man with experience knows how to win some Stanley cups. I mean, get him there. I mean, he's,
0: he's going to, him and Aiden Hill are going to be dressed tonight. Uh, Bruce Cassidy said, Lauren Bruce wise unavailable for game four. I
1: I would start uh, quick, honestly. Do I it. don't trust Aiden Hill. He oh, a-
0: I read it wrong. Bruce Cassidy said if Brassaz was unavailable tonight, they would fly in Patera, who must be like their AHL starter or something. But Aiden Hill and Jonathan Quick were also on the ice.
2: Um, so, okay. So they would have someone there just in case, which means
0: yeah. that, okay. That's the playoffs. You got to have yeah. three or four yeah. guys ready. I mean, yeah. I'm
2: looking at. I'm looking at their roster now. They have one, two, three, four, five, six rostered goalies right now. One without a number, but and five with, but, you know, it's just, that's wild to me.
0: Do you guys want to move into the last series that we have left to discuss, or do you want the breaking news? The breaking news will moderately affect Short Sky and I, possibly for the next okay. handful of years. Which would oh, you prefer?
1: Let's hear it. Let's hear the breaking hear the news. Break. I was breaking
0: heard news. I was I was hoping you'd say the breaking news. It is confirmed that one of Keith Jones or Eddie Olchek will run the Philadelphia Flyers and they will make an announcement later this week. Wow. Short's mm. guy. Your reaction. The Devils fan <laughs> who
2: needs both of them to <laughs> fail either way. I hope it's Keith Jones cuz I want to see him fail cuz I do like Eddie Olchek. Keith <laughs> Keith Keith Jones is just I mean, I know that's his personality and he's a TV personality, but he's just – he said something a couple of years ago about having the enlarged nets and and Roberto Luongo being against it. And he was like, oh, Roberto Luongo wouldn't be in my league. It's like he's one of the greatest goalies of all time. Why don't you just shut up? So <laughs> I've not really liked him since. And he's a flyer through and through. I just – I would love to see him go there and just do what the Flyers have done for the last couple of years and just fail. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I like Edio, You know, Blackhawks guy Uh uh-huh. huh. I don't want to see Eddie Olchek fail. Um, I didn't even really realize that the Philadelphia Flyers were going to hire any of these guys. I don't was that like public knowledge like they were
0: well no they fired Hex or no, not Hextall. They fired what's his name and they put Danny Briere in charge to end yeah. the season. And Danny Briere is probably still going to be there. Mm-hmm. But Eddie Olchek or Keith Jones will be the new president and they will announce it later this week and
1: I have a feeling it's going to be Keith Jones.
0: Yeah. I, you like, would think, like, right? Yeah. He's the Flyers guy. Yeah, Eddie Olczyk was a Pittsburgh guy more than a Fly- a Philly guy.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of leaning Keith Jones, like from non-biased point of view as well. It just seems like the right fit. Eddie Olczyk seems like too nice
2: of a guy to go to Philly. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of have to be a jerk to be in Philly. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> that's true. You you need like either a Philly scumbag or like a Jersey guy to go down and run Philly. I don't know. They're they're. Yeah, they're they're probably in the toughest spot. I think I'd rather be the Leafs than them because their best yeah. player is Konechny and Hayes. Connectney's a nice young piece, but they'll probably move him for prospects and stuff because they that's they could get something for him. Um, the nothing seems to have worked out from them. Everyone hates Provorov. No one's going to trade for him, mm-hmm. even though he's very good. There are off the ice things that would keep anybody from bringing him in. I think. Um Carter Hart, they'll probably trade him too for the same
2: reason they would trade Konechny. The and Devils he'll do Carter Hart, and they'll he'll <sighs> do fantastic wherever he's going to go because the Flyers love to trade goalies that don't work for them and then just go. Yep, Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky. <laughs> yep. It, it just it, it's it's insane. They just the Flyers waste great goalie talent. They do, and he
1: could fit in New Jersey. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: he would. Um, he absolutely would. He, he fits the
0: timeline. So would. So would Spencer Knight from Florida.
1: They just wouldn't make that trade. Yeah, I don't think so either. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, But they have the seventh pick. Like, you know, nothing real needle moving like anytime soon. They'll probably be in the Max Celebrini sweepstakes next year, I would think. We'll see what happens with Tortorella, but, I mean... That's, that's wild. They, the Flyers are like, okay, where can we look for our next president? How about NHL on TNT? We'll pick one of those guys. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make much sense to me personally. But, you know, what do I know? Um, I'm happy to have Tom Fitzgerald, you know, running mm-hmm. our show. And then, Frank, you, you got a stud, Muffin, and Kyle Davidson. So this podcast is in good hands for who we're cheering on going forward. But, you know, this last series, the Dallas Stars and the Seattle Kraken, the only one right now. That is tied two to two. None of the games have really been close, although it got a little hairy. Yesterday reminded me of game three between the Devils and Hurricanes, like the one team dominated. Then it got a little hairy at the end, thanks to some special teams issues. But eventually uh, Max Domi threw one into the empty net and the series is now tied Uh, short sky. I'll start with you on this one. Dallas stars versus Seattle Kraken.
2: Yeah, I, I, this is this, this play, this whole playoff seems to be Seattle's coming out party and they're really proving that they can do it. Uh, and like you mentioned earlier, you know, who would have thought Grubauer would, would be the most consistent goaltender in these playoffs? Um, and, and the Kraken are, are, are another team. They're just a straight up team. They've, they've got good players, but they're, they're getting some pretty, uh, pretty spread out scoring. Everly seems to be the, the, the name on, on any broadcast, whether TV or radio. Uh, it seems to be one of the names you hear the most. So he's really putting in a ton of effort there. Uh, On the star side, I mean, you've got Pavelski coming back with that massive game and they still lose. Uh, And it seems like that, that the Kraken are starting to figure out Ottinger a little bit as well. But again, it's, you know, it's, it's two, one Seattle, a seven, two blowout last night. It's, it's, that's just, that's these playoffs. It's just, they're, they're so hard to predict or any night can be a goal scorer's paradise. And this is. Americans love scoring so if Americans weren't into NHL playoff hockey uh, up to this point with all the goals against all the goals being scored holy crap man people are gonna have to love it defensive people like me are like this is insane I hate the, all these goals because <laughs> we're not making many saves but yeah this is another series that I, I know I picked Seattle to win this series again and I hope they do uh, but you know you're you're just who who would have thought that the the Kraken would be here in this point and defeating the, the Stars 7-2 in a game in the playoffs. Absolutely.
1: Frank? Yeah, you know, I mean, not a lot of people have given the Kraken enough credit this year. And neither have I. Neither has Vinny. Um, we, we were down on him the whole year. and Competitively was, bad, remember? Competitively <laughs> bad. Yeah. <laughs> Which that was just the start of them being good. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yeah.
0: Frankie was like, if they go, if they go four and one on the next five games, I'll give them credit. They went five and zero.
1: Oh. Yeah, it's like they have <laughs> been proving us wrong, and you know, but I gotta give credit to the stars too. They they really haven't panicked in any series. They lost that heartbreaker in game one um against the Minnesota Wild in double overtime. They rebounded fantastic. Then they're down two one of the Kraken here, and uh you just there's, there's no panic. There's no panic I've seen from the Dallas Stars. And, you know, I think the kryptonite in this series is there's a couple of them actually for the Seattle Kraken is that they haven't been able to win faceoffs. And having possession of the puck is huge when you're trying to win games, let alone series. But they, they really like getting, been getting dominated at the faceoff dot in this series. And, you know, that's showing. And I, they said this uh, during yesterday's game that Kraken actually lead the postseason in five on five goals, which is great. But when it comes to their special teams, their special teams just don't show up. They were 0 for 2 on the power play yesterday and they went one for three on the penalty kill. So it's great that you're great on five on five. But if you want to beat the Dallas Stars, you're going to need to perform on your special teams a little bit, but you know, and win some faceoffs. But yeah, yeah. I mean, congrats to the Kraken for even making it this far. I don't know if they'll win this series. I picked Dallas in six. So I mean it's kind of going right around how I planned. But I mean, we shall see
0: kind of pisses me off every series in this round is going how you planned. You had a disaster shit show in the first round, but you're (laughs) you're doing pretty damn good in the second round. And I would make fun of you for having a really bad first round, but you've been okay here in the second round. So credit to you. I hope there's one series though that goes completely (laughs) off the rocker on your prediction. Frankie Shorts guy picked uh
2: he picked the Canes in five, which Uh, if I I hope Frankie I hope you're wrong. It's possible. Uh, yeah. I hope, I hope it's, d- he's wrong too. I hope it's Devils and 7 at this point. It's it's the only outcome I want, but
0: yeah. Uh, uh you know what though? Devils and or Canes and 6 though would make me feel a tad bit better than Devils and 5. First of all, Frankie would be wrong. Um second <laughs> second, second of all, uh, I'm actually kidding, Frank. I actually like when you're right. It gives our podcast more credibility. There you go. Cuz uh, you know, I don't do that for us by any means <laughs> with my predictions half the time. But um I just think like that extra game, like losing in six, there's something respectable about it. You know, the Devils are the young team coming in next mm-hmm. year. Um, so it's been a good time. Shorts guy, we can't thank you enough for coming on our show. This has been an absolute pleasure. I hope you enjoyed hanging out with us for a little bit, and we would love to have you back on literally anytime you want.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for having me. This this was a blast. And yeah, man, and anytime you guys want me to come on and talk a little bit of hockey, I'm, I'm more than happy to do so. So uh, you appreciate know, we're, we're- it. No, not a problem. Man. I, I appreciate you guys having me and you know, Vinny will, will keep in touch and uh, I'll definitely be back on. Absolutely. Well, I'm
0: thinking the Stanley cup final would be a great time to have you on regardless of the, the matchup and before you go promote your stuff. I know you got a good hockey podcast going too.
2: Yeah. Jesus um, matter of which one. Uh, so all of them yeah. talk about all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the flagship podcast of, of our network is the let's go devils podcast every Sunday night, uh, live, live at nine o'clock, nine Eastern. Uh, And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all those fun places. Uh, We're going along with the devil still game day live with with none other than Vinny Parisi there that I've been uh, I've been adopted onto that show uh, about as consistently as I can be, especially for the playoffs. It's been a wild ride. The playoffs have been exhausting. Absolutely. And I love having you on. it. I can't
0: be (laughs) said enough.
2: I love having you on it.
0: It's been a a a goalie perspective.
2: It's been a ton of fun. (laughs) Uh, and then uh, we have devils after dark which recaps all the go- uh, all the devil's games afterwards and uh, I can also be found Monday nights at 8 p.m Eastern hockey on tap with uh, three of my closest friends that I also play hockey with uh, and against at times uh, that's Monday nights 8 eastern where we talk hockey and also we talk beer and oh, sometimes great. just a bunch of random stuff because we've been friends for so long that sometimes the most random stuff comes out of our minds that probably means nothing to no one other than the four of us
0: (laughs) love it absolutely love it and hey it's been great having you on it's been great being a part of the let's go devils podcast network make sure you're following short sky everywhere he goes he does great work you know talking hockey so we can't thank you enough for coming on well thank you it was it was a pleasure and i'll definitely be back on again absolutely all right that's short sky thank you very much for joining us frank We have some other stuff to go over here before we move on out of here. And we will do so right now. That was a really nice interview with Shorts Guy. I was happy to have him on.
1: It was good. It was a lot of of fun.
0: Very smart. Very smart. Um, So much fun. Um, I was going to send it over to period number three, but I actually think there's one thing we could go over here really quick to end period number two. I just want to quickly go over the – the Junior Finals. Mm-hmm. You have the championship games going in the OHL, the Q, and the WHL. Of course, um, London Knights versus Peterborough Petes is the OHL championship. Mm-hmm. The Quebec Remparts are going to play the Halifax Mooseheads in the Quebec Major Junior League championships, the QMJHL. And the Seattle Thunderbirds are going to play the Winnipeg Ice In the Western Hockey League's championship, of course, notable players coming from some of these teams, the Seattle Thunderbirds, Matt Barzell played for the Seattle Thunderbirds, Um, Nico Heischer and Nathan McKinnon played for the Halifax Mooseheads, and Patrick Kane, amongst many other players, played for the London Knights. So there are some notable teams that have had lots of success. Um, lately or over the last 20 years or so are competing. The winner of each game will compete in the Memorial Cup along with the Kamloops Blazers who are hosting the tournament. And the host team always, you know, is the fourth team in the tournament. Um, We will see who, you know, makes it there. Frank, does does this mean anything to you? Like, what are you looking at when it comes to the potential Memorial Cup candidates?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I don't know a ton about it. Um, gotta be honest with you. I do know the London Knights, they're a very experienced team, and they're playing against an inexperienced team who's having their first final in 17 years. So um, I probably give the edge to the Knights in that one. Um, I also I think probably maybe the most exciting matchup in the CHL playoffs is probably the Ramparts and the Mooseheads because the Mooseheads won both regular season meetings against the ramparts but i think that the ramparts could win the series i think it's probably the closest of the three series or yeah the three series that'll be going on um could probably be very tight on paper they're both pretty even so you got that and then the WHL I know Kevin Korczynski plays for the Thunderbirds so I go Thunderbirds I'm rooting for the fellow Blackhawks so yeah that that's what I got for you other than that, I don't really follow the CHL too often.
0: but I'm becoming obsessed, like Kalataki. Like I You're think right? I'm going to bet on it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I, It's like crack. All, all these junior leagues and all these players, you look at every roster and there's at least one player you heard of before. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just so fun. I do wish it was the Thunderbirds versus the Regina Pats. Could you imagine? in the championship here but Regina lost in the first round after having a 3-1 series lead. Um you know me I like coming back from a nice 3-1 series lead hopefully. I'm just kidding. Uh, um but yeah I, the Memorial Cup's going to be so fun. I can't wait to see who comes out on top. Um I'm my favorite team in junior is the Windsor Spitfires because you know I just remember when Taylor Hall had you know, his success with the Devils, the Windsor Spitfires were good again, and he was cheering them on, and Ryan Ellis played for the Windsor Spitfires, and there were other really good players there. Um That, you know, that that's just my favorite team, and it's probably the closest. I don't know if it, no, there's definitely a team in Michigan, the Saginaw Spirit are probably the closest team to Illinois, but the Halifax, or the Windsor Spitfires are close, uh-huh. and I've actually seen Windsor with my own two eyes. I was able to see it from the hotel I stayed in last time I was in Detroit. But so the Windsor Spitfires are by far my number one favorite CHL team. The CHL is the three leagues put together. And but I think out of the teams that are left, the Halifax Mooseheads are my favorite because they got like the Christmas tree colored jerseys and Nico, he played for them and he elevated their game by like a lot. They were like a mediocre roster and he got them into like some pretty big games. And you know, now he's the devil star. So, You know, good luck to all the kids playing, though. That's obviously a super exciting time in their life. And then once we get to the Memorial Cup, we'll start breaking things down probably a little bit more in depth. But, you know, right now it's kind of like the college football playoff. Mm -hmm. Every team is playing their conference championship game right now, and the winners are going to move on to the college football playoff. You know, I just think Mm -hmm. that that's really, really cool. So, wanted to go over that a little bit, and that will take us away from hockey a little bit. Oh, Not really. Wanted to touch on one thing. We talked about the Dallas Stars with Shorts Guy and their series. One thing I forgot to mention, wrote an article for Puck Pros, linked G's article. Think that's really cool that you could get to Mm -hmm. G's article from my article for the first time ever. Um, So, you know, make sure you go check that out. I just tweeted it. I made sure to tweet it right when I was going to talk about it so people watching can go check it out. It's tweeted at Vinnie Parisi. Career playoff goals amongst active players. Only two have more than Joe Pavelski. Who do you think they are?
1: For who? Dallas?
0: No. Active players. Active players. Career goals. Who has more than Joe Pavelski?
1: Um, Alex Ovechkin. Yep. And... Hmm.
0: don't think too hard Crosby Sidney Crosby
1: I thought that'd be too easy
0: yeah it's Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby and guess what the gap is not large Alexander Ovechkin has 72 career playoff goals Sidney Crosby has 71 last night Joe Pavelski scored his 70th There's a chance he could pass both of them before these playoffs are even over. Yeah, that's crazy. I think he's just been so outstanding with the Dallas Stars and the San Jose Sharks throughout his career. And I'm super stoked to see it. I had to write about it the second I saw that stat. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm writing about the Stars. (laughs) Link a G article. And lo and behold, she had one about Joe Pavelski. So... You know, it, it was it was good. I like writing about the stars. I like writing about Pavelski. He's one of the greatest American-born players to ever live. And that's how I would want to end talking about hockey on this show, Frank. Well, very nice. Absolutely. So we will send it over now, finally, to period number three. Welcome to period three. Frank, it's the bullshit period. Talk about whatever the H you want. You saw freaking Guardians of the Galaxy 3, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Fantastic.
0: Tell me about it with no spoilers. No oh. spoilers. All
1: right, full spoiler. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> no, I know uh, Joey saw it too, he said. Um, last night.
0: I'm going to punch him in the face.
1: No, I don't know. I just thought you'd know.
0: No, I did not know that.
1: Because I think Dylan knew too. But. Man, everyone keeping me out of the loop. No, but yeah, he he. Said he loved it. It's fantastic. It's very satisfying because this is the last Guardians movie. I mean, that was already known. James Gunn's going to DC. So this is like the end of a trilogy. And I thought, like, if you were to tell me before I saw the movie, this is how it's going to end. I'd be like, yeah, I'm satisfied with the way everything went. It's very emotional. Um you know, based on the trailers, uh, Adam Warlock's going to be in it. And he's very powerful. I don't know the ins and outs of Adam Warlock. I do know he's like, he's he's kind of the middleman. Kind of like a bounty hunter in Star Wars. He's like, he'll do whatever's best for him. Um, but you don't see, he's not in the movie a ton. So like the trailers kind of, you know, kind of make you think that he's not, he's not in it that much, but it, but he does, you don't need him in this movie to make it good. Like the, the main villain and everything about this movie, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's really good. Um, like I said, and it, it also does a great job of connecting the past and the future. Um, I'm trying to choose my words wisely. Cause I don't want to give too much away, but um, it, I would also say it's more on the dark side, like a dark, emotional type of thing. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't really, I don't have like a review written out, but uh, I know it is, it did make Marvel history, if you want to know that. Yeah, what's that? It was the first ever Marvel movie to drop the F-bomb. What? Yeah, so, there's that. Who says it? Do you have a guess? Do you want to know? Either Quill or Rocket. Do you want to know? Yeah. It's neither of those two. Oh, it's not Quill. Oh, it is, it is. Yeah, no, no, it is one of those two. Oh it's I, I, Rocket. Thought it was, I thought it was the other one. Huh? It's Rocket. No, it's, it's quill, quill. Yeah. he says fuck? Yeah.
0: Why? He says fucking. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm gonna bust out laughing when it happens now when I see it. For and the you, you won't be expecting
1: it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it.
0: That's funny. That's funny. I'm actually happier knowing it going in. That way it won't be a complete shock to me.
1: And then after you watch it there's something like that james gunn touched on so like i'd stay away from seeing that um because it's it's kind of a cool moment but he touched on something that made me like the movie like 10 times more so it's really good it by no means in my opinion is it better than endgame or infinity war or anything like that that's like the cream of the crop here it's up there though it could be a top five for sure like i think it rivals some of the great Marvel movies that aren't Avengers movies.
0: Is there like a reveal in it or something that'll like hype me up? Like, like, I don't know how much you want me to
1: say. Like, do you want me to tell you if there's a reveal? Like,
0: like, like just yes or no me. Is there something like, like when Spider-Man popped out in Civil War or something like that? No. Okay.
1: That's what makes a movie so good is there's nothing like that, but it still is like incredibly one of the best Marvel movies. That's what makes it so good.
0: Okay. Like, and the story firmly ties into everything that's going on now with yeah. you know what we saw with uh what was the most recent one we saw? Ant, Ant-, Ant- Man? Yeah, the most recent Ant Man we saw, Quantumania. Yeah, you know, and it, like what's going on with Doctor Strange and Peter it, Parker it and It
1: doesn't it doesn't touch on that. It's it strictly focuses I mean it alludes to stuff that's happened in the past, but it doesn't like don't expect an in-depth conversation about like Kang or anything like that, that we, you know, you see in Ant-Man or just it, it, it does its own job of telling its own story, but connecting it so well and proving like, we don't need big cameos to make this a great movie. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's not, I, you're just going to have to see it.
0: Okay. (laughs) I, I understand. I understand. Frank. Now that our kings are dead, what's going on in the NBA? The Celtics—they suck. Like everything you've told me so far about the NBA is wrong.
1: I know. Well, we'll see. The Celtics come back. They're down three to two. Phillies. I mean, Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP of the NBA season, right? So, I—I I mean, what do we?
0: I'm just so confused. Uh, this guy must be watching like our
1: show back or something because we haven't talked about Connor Bittard in like an hour. I was like, confused too for a second. That's why I stopped. I was like, you can't watch it back until it's right. Could you go back? I don't know.
0: I have no you idea. Might, you
1: might be able to watch it back while we're live, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I don't know. But, yeah, so Phillies lead the Celtics 3-2. to Nuggets lead the Suns 3-2. to he are on a heater, no pun intended. Leading the Knicks. pun intended. Pun no, intended. No. I, I actually didn't plan on saying that. Um, they lead the Knicks three to one, which they were a playing team. VP. They beat the Bucks, and now Mike uh, Budenholzer, whatever for the Bucks, he was fired. Um, mm-hmm. which was you know I mean he's a great coach. Giannis you know kind of said a few words about being coached with him that he you know respects him and. The Lakers lead the Warriors 3 to 1. I just truly believe like that's just because the the Warriors don't know how to win on the road. They forgot how to play on the road this year. So if the, I mean you you're not going to win the NBA championship if you can't win on the road, but LeBron's doing LeBron things. I don't think the Lakers win by any means. That could prove me wrong here, but they just to me they just don't have that team yet. Some of these other teams, Philly, uh the yeah, there's I don't know why I have Phillies, the Sixers the 76ers, the Celtics, the Nuggets, even the Suns. I mean, those are like cream of the crop teams. Those are going to be the teams that are going to be really tough, I think, for the Lakers to beat.
0: For sure. Do you have an adjusted favorite to win
1: the whole thing? No, nah, I'm going to still say the Celtics. I think they're going to rebound, win two straight against the Phillies. 76ers. Got to get nice Philadelphia teams right. Are
0: they down three to two or is it tied two
1: to two? Philly, oh my God. <laughs> 76ers are up three to two.
0: Yeah, the Celtics are toast.
1: So we'll see. We'll see. You really think the Celtics are going to win the series? I do. I do. If they win game six, comes home for game seven. <laughs> Celtics got a good team, man.
0: That's funny. I mean, I would root for the Celtics. I don't really root for anything Philly. but
1: Do you want to mean... know a crazy stat? Teams that are down three to one. And I, this is definitely not the same for the NHL. I don't think the teams that are down th- or teams that are up three to one win the series ninety five percent of the time. Wow, I feel like in the NHL it's like probably in the high eighties. Yeah, I agree. It's not ninety five.
0: Yeah, I totally agree.
1: I mean, it already happened once this year that the Florida won. It's gonna happen again. Celtics, because there's no other reason why the Celtics are the ball. There you go. Go Celtic. Whoever that was, they're smart. They're a smart man. Listen, the NBA is weird. I think it, it is also, though, it's harder. It's easier in hockey to come back in a series. I truly believe that. That's why no team in the history of the NBA has ever come back down 3-0, and it's happened four times in the NHL. It's harder to come back in the NBA. That's why I think the the Warriors are definitely probably cooked against the Lakers down 3-1, and the Knicks might even lose tonight against the Heat down 3-1. But a two-game series, like you just win two in a row, that's possible, especially when you got the talented roster of the Celtics. I want you to continue watching B-Ball.
0: The four teams that won after being down 3-0 in hockey, too, two of them had Mike Richards on it. And they were in, like, the early 2010s, the Kings in 2014 and the Flyers in 2010. Um, one of those two teams won the Stanley Cup. The other lost the Stanley Cup. And the so. Hawks were
1: almost the fifth team against Vancouver when they're down 3-0. Well, to they
0: o. they would have been the fourth team, though.
1: Oh, yeah, because the Kings did it after that, right? Yeah. They would have been the fourth team. Unbelievable. Heartbreak. Tafe score shorthanded.
0: Yep. Alexander Burroughs scores an over
1: pass up the board <laughs> i think it was like i think the idiot who did it was like fernando pisani yeah i'll never forget that yeah. name. i think that was who did it oh and then God, freaking
0: burrows took a slap shot from point blank which is not really something you even see anymore just beat crawford yeah just... but normally when you're like on a breakaway you don't see guys take a slapper no. even defensemen yeah right so
1: that's fun yeah what about the mlb Talk your shit. You know, nothing. There's been no big news in the MLB lately. The Rays are still hot. The Cubs kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. And the Mariners are just 18 and 18. They're just having their merry old way. Just they're content with winning two out of four games all the time. But, you know, what's different now than it was last year when the Mariners, the Mariners got into, was it last year or the year before? They got into a decent, I think it was last year. They got in a decent hole where they're like, oh, Thirty games in the season, we're already like ten games back of the Astros for the and like when you're that far back, it's hard to make up ground. I don't care how many games you're playing, but right now they're only three and a half games out of first through thirty six games, which that's reasonable. By the Astros, by no means look lethal this year. I know they haven't had Altuve, but no, and Abreu doesn't have a home run. Like yeah, I mean they're, they're the the Astros look beatable this year. I think are the Rangers in their division. Yeah. I think they're lead, they're leading the division, yep. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Unreal.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? It's about freaking time the Rangers are doing something. I mean, they they buy Marcus Semien and Corey Seager last summer, or last winter. Then this past winter, they spend money on pitching with DeGrom and Ivaldi or, yeah, Nathan Ivaldi. Yeah. And, like, you know, they're finally putting it together a little bit. They had a really good prospect farm. Some of those guys are starting to come up and contribute. And the Texas Rangers are looking like they might be a playoff team. Now, I don't know if they'll hang on and win the division because I still think the Astros might be able to find a way to become the Astros again. They're still the defending World Series champions that added Abreu. So, you know, we'll see. Verlander's not there anymore, but he's, he's not even really helping the Mets all that much. So they probably got out of a mistake by letting him go. And I don't know. It's so wide open right now. Like the Boston Red Sox are just on a tear and they're still in like fourth or third place. The Yankees are in last place.
1: Well, they were without judge for a while too.
0: Yep. But the the Yankees back
1: yesterday and they exploded.
0: Yeah. But the Yankees would be leading the AL central.
1: Are you serious?
0: Yeah. The twins would be in last place in the AL East and they're leading the AL central.
1: Well, I mean, the Sox are playing bad. The guardians are dog shit. Yeah. The Sox are playing better. They they've, like won seven, they've won like seven of their last 10. Yeah, they know. They've been playing better, but they found themselves in a hole early on.
0: They're in a huge hole, and they have to keep playing this well. They play tonight and, you know, just Brad keep winning Keller series.
1: And Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn's been really bad. Really year. bad.
0: Yes. And Dylan Cease hasn't been all that good either, but Giolito's been awesome. I know. So hopefully hopefully it evens out. The White Sox have the third worst starter ERA in Do they really? the American League. Yeah. So. I mean the Sox are picking it up. The Cubs are falling all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, they don't look like the 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 way they
0: started out. They're unearthed a little bit. Why is everyone shitting on David Ross though? Why are Cub fans all of a sudden turning on him so fast? I'm not. I I don't know. I I mean, I know he's got a losing record as a manager overall, but look at the dog shit rosters they've had. I know. You know, that's like shitting on Rick Renteria's manager record. Like their best player was Starlin Castro when Rick Renteria was their manager. Like, I mean, you're not gonna win with these rosters. It doesn't matter if you're freaking the greatest manager of all time in their prime. You know, my favorite manager in baseball is Tito Francona, manager of the Guardians right now. Mm -hmm. He's gotten a lot out of some mediocre teams like last year with the Guardians, but like you could give him this Cubs roster or give him this, you know, the old Cubs rosters and they still I just don't necessarily agree with the poo-pooing David Ross so far right No now.
1: I don't either I think it's stupid if you do
0: Yeah so make sure you tune in to Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow where we'll talk a little baseball and football and keep the conversation going very much looking forward to that and we will get you right now actually really quick Frank what are we watching this weekend lay it on me
1: Same old same old you yep. know Maybe the Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse The new movie comes out Uh beginning of June so I want to go see that when it comes out. So I just quick watch for Spideyverse. Did you, you haven't watched it yet? Frank
0: for the first 26 years of my life, Toy Story 1 was my favorite animated movie of all time. Now it's number two. Well, what makes it into the Spider-verse? What makes it so good is it. it, Uh, give Give me your spoiler free review. You're watching a movie that is a comic book and like when you watch Civil War it feels like a comic book movie, the way the cameras move and the action. It has like comic book feel to it, even though it's live action.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, watching the Spider-Verse is like that, but with an actual comic, like it's a cartoon. Yeah. And the voice acting is as good as I've ever heard. The music is incredible. The plot is amazing. You care so deeply about these characters that are drawings. And like, I don't know, it, it just from beginning to end captures your attention and brings you through you get sad it's it like it takes you on an emotional roller coaster it relates to some of the issues that go on in the real world and into the spider Verse is just fan freaking tastic it is my number one it's favorite tastic it's fan tastic if it were an mcu movie it would be in the top five yeah it would probably it, it's probably my second or third favorite spider-man movie ever wow like it's it's so i can't wait to watch it so good and i cannot wait for this sequel did you see the burger king sandwich no this is going to be served at your local burger
1: king um starting i don't know when probably within the next few weeks if it has to do with spidey verse it
0: absolutely has to do with spidey verse you could get that in the drink um exclusively oh that's exclusively in theaters the burger king f- look it up if you're listening to oh. the audio well, i mean look at that that looks yummy your boy will be eating a spider-man burger from burger king it, says, it, burger soon. it, it says it's a
1: i think it's a whopper looks like chicken
0: yeah it's not Where's It's from spider like spider verse the... whopper um Aww. obviously the typical ropper um, it's just a red Whopper bun. I mean, that's really the only like super cool thing about it. They
1: call it the, yeah, but even that glass.
0: Yeah. Mayonnaise, lettuce, tomato, onion, ketchup, pickles, Swiss cheese, salt and pepper, Whopper patty. I mean, they who, know what's how to get
1: people to buy some Whoppers.
0: Yeah. Well, I love Whoppers. It's not as good as a Big Mac. In my opinion, if I'm ranking the two like franchise sandwiches, mm-hmm. but it's still really damn good. And it's, it doesn't say when though. Let me see if it says it in this article on USA Today. Um, May 15th. So we got five days. I'm probably going to try to make my way to the BK and paste it. Yeah, I just want a picture of it. Because I love Spider-Man. Iron Man, Tony Stark is my favorite character in the MCU, but that's specifically to the MCU. Mm -hmm. In general, my favorite superhero, Spider-Man. And, you know, I can't wait. I'm super stoked for Spider Verse. Um, That'll be fun. Watch it. it. Watch it as soon as possible. I'm telling you right now. I think it's on Disney Plus now. I think it's on Hulu for sure. They just added that and Spider Man 1, 2, and 3 with Tobey Maguire.
1: And The Amazing Spider. Yeah,
0: they added it all to Disney Plus now. Except they don't have The Amazing
1: Spider Man 2.
0: I know. Which is weird.
1: Yeah, and
0: I I don't think No Way Home. No, no, it's not on there either now. And I've still only seen it the one time in Me theaters. Too. Yep. So, Frank, it's time to, for you to win some people some money in America's favorite podcast segment of the week Breaking Bats. Where's my money, bitch? Frank? VP. How'd you do last week? I know you're bounce, for-
1: bounce back week. Let's go. Back to the fifty percent mark. We went two for three on the picks last week. That's sixty six percent for last Wednesday. We're back and we're only going forward. Um so yeah, I'm you know, it was a big week after going 0 for five. But we're back. I got three picks for you. Two MLB, one NHL, no NBA this week. Just I mean there's stuff I like in the NBA, but it's just it's not worth giving out. Start off with the NHL since this is an, mo- mostly an NHL show. Golden Knights at the Oilers. This should be a good game. I think the Knights could win this, but rather just taking the Knights to win. I'd like the little insurance with the goal and a half. It's kind of pricey, but, I mean, if you're feeling it, go ahead and take uh, Vegas Knights money line. A little sprinkle on that, but I would load up on the plus one and a half. Plus one and a half, is minus one fifty-seven. Yeah, minus one fifty-seven. Um, there's tremendous value if you think they're going to win the game. I mean, if Skinner's playing, I take the Golden Knights straight up. To be honest with you, don't like the way Skinner's been playing in the series, um, and and they're very very healthy sized dogs. So, Golden Knights plus one and a half at minus one fifty-seven. That is pick number one. Switching it over to the MLB, the Cardinals play the Cubs tonight. Cardinals have won the first two games of the series. I think that trend's going to continue. I like the Cardinals' money line at minus 112. It's Montgomery versus Steele. You know, the Cards have played well. Like I said, this series, they haven't played well all season. The Cubs are coming back down to earth. Uh, Steele's 5-0, 145 ERA. But I think this is a one of those games where you're not going to stay perfect forever. It just it doesn't happen. So I think this is a game... Against a team they should w- beat the way that the Cubs played to start the year and the way the Cardinals played. You would think it would go in the Cubs' favor, but I think this is a good game for the Cardinals to capitalize, win their third straight against the uh, Chicago Cubs. Cardinals' money line, minus 112. I really like that play a lot. Probably my favorite play of the three I'm going to give. And finally, the Tampa Bay Rays go and play the Baltimore Orioles. Beaks versus Kremer. Kremer's had some rough starts this year. But I like the way he pitched against the Braves. Played, pitched really well against the Braves. Gave, gave up six hits, but he went, I think, six innings. So if you give up one hit an inning, it's not the end of the world. He only gave up like one earned run. Pitched very well in that game against one of the best teams in the league right now in the Atlanta Braves. Beaks for the Rays is also a relief pitcher, so I do think the Orioles could get to the Rays' bullpen today. And the Orioles' money line at home is plus 100. I love the way the Orioles have been playing. Getting them at plus at home. I love this spot for them. So Orioles money line plus one hundred. Those are the three picks for you. And let's uh, let's get over fifty percent. We're either over or under fifty percent next week. So
0: you'll be over. Let's go. Hopefully. Hell yeah! Well, Frank, that was a great show.
1: It was a great show.
0: It's been a while since we've had a show that long, and I appreciate it. We we dove balls deep into Bedard, and we talked <laughs> about Fantilli, all the playoffs with the short sky. Loved that. Shorts guy already confirmed he'll be back during the Stanley Cup final. I texted him. Um, So I hope you enjoyed that as well. I did. Um, You know, the third period, talking about our shit like we always do. You're going to make some people some money, and that's just how the show rolls.
1: I like that. Is, is Breaking Bets part of the third period? Yeah, right? Or is it just like its own thing? It's like one, period, one two, three, own thing. I
0: would say it's a segment in the third period, right?
1: I don't know. We have a graphic for it, so it's like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Is each period a segment? Because I feel like in each period, there are segments. Like in the first period, there was the Bedard segment. There was the Fantilli segment. And then the rest of the draft order segment. And then in period two, there was one big segment with Short Sky breaking down all the playoffs. And then the CHL playoffs. I don't know.
1: See, I write down period one, two, three, but when I do breaking bets, it's its own thing. Like, I don't have it under period three when I write my notes. I have it under breaking bets. It's like, oh, I think. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. It's
0: overtime.
1: Kind of. It's like overtime without saying it's overtime.
0: Yeah. I like that. So, Well, make sure you tune in to all the great shows here on the Barroom Network And starting tomorrow. I don't know. There might be a show tonight that you need to tune into, too. I don't know exactly what it would be, though. And then, of course, tomorrow, Crosstown Crosstalk, I'll be with you all at 2 p.m. to talk. Baby! And then, of course, you can read all my stuff at TheWindyCity.com. We just went over EA Sports' as NHL's prediction and certain that. players that could come back um, and play with Bedard. Um, PuckPros.com talked about Fantilli, wrote the article about Joe Pavelski covering the Oilers' Golden Knight series. And then BlackAndTeal.com, I have some things. The NFL schedule is supposed to come out tomorrow, so we'll be having stuff on that for the Jacksonville Jaguars as well as the Bears under Windy City. And then, of course, the Chicago White Sox for SouthsideShowdown.com. They're back. They're winning a bunch of games. Hopefully that continues. And the New Jersey Devils for uh, Pucks and Pitchforks. So, you know, hopefully they're able to come back in this series and at least make it a series. Great year of the round. Um, by next week's show, I'll know what's going on with the Devils if they're either done, because even Game 7 would be Monday. So we'll either know if they're done or, you know, moving on to the conference finals for the first time since 2012. Either way, though, it's been so much fun, and there's no place I'd rather vent about my stuff than here with you. And, of course, you can read yours at apptrigger.com. I'm assuming you probably will also write something about this Conor Bedard. I've you already
1: know? written two Conor Bedard articles this year, so this oh. will be the third, and I have a fourth plan.
0: Very good. Can't wait to read them. Um, make sure you read all that from Frank Mueller at apptrigger.com. And, hell yeah, let's go. What a, you know, What a good time the Blackhawks and the Devils are both going to be on the rise over the next couple of years sucks for everybody else. It's going to be fun to be us and not fun to be everybody else who cares about them. Um, Frank, anything else before we move on out?
1: I just still feel like I'm in a dream VP. Just waiting to wake up.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you're not going to wake up from it anytime soon. Connor Bedard is coming, and he's coming fast. So hopefully everybody enjoyed the show, and we will be back next week at 2 p.m. To Th- Short Sky, thank you very much. To everybody else at the Barroom Network, make sure you're always watching in and reading our stuff on fansided.com. As always, thank you for listening.